Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. I'm your host Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. And this is episode 176, the final episode from Sorry You're In My Seat in 2021 and we're going to use it as a chance to reflect back to the movies that have come out and to rank maybe our favourite as we do each uh, end of year special or movie of the year. Yeah. It's it's just a fun episode. It doesn't mean anything. It's like the Oscars. It's like all award ceremonies. It's all for fun. It's all to play for. But it's just a look back at a glorious year in film across cinema and streaming services to crown. Well, what actually, James, what did you think was the best? Yeah, exactly. You know, previous winners are Mandy, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And then I think last year was a universal... It was Parasite. It was Parasite. It was yeah. easily Parasite. We didn't even do this episode last year because we announced it was Parasite. It was so clearly Parasite. Also, 2020 was a dead year. <laughs> yeah. We did, uh, we've also crowned uh, Joker and Klaus, the Netflix. Oh, yeah. Um, Klaus Claus. I completely forgot about yeah. them. I do apologize. So we have, there There are kind of previous winners um, across the last couple of years since doing this podcast. So we're going to use this show as our, just to bookend this year before we go into 2022, which hopefully will be better. Hopefully, you know, it, the ending signs of 2021 are good. You know, cinemas are open. People are going back to cinemas. And I don't know about you, but in my screening, when I saw Spider-Man, which is the latest film, I saw everyone was safe. People were wearing their masks while I sat down. I, granted, I was sat away from everyone. I was sat in Aaron's seat, which is mm. where I sit now. It's where I sit. Anyway, you know, I'm excited. You know, 20, 2021 has been a weird year, you know. I mean, we don't talk about it, but Sam used to be on the show this other year. Now he's not. So. Yeah, there used to be three of us. Now there are two of us. So um, but you know, changes this year. Yeah, and we went into 2021 kind of, um, you know, Taking- opt- optimistic and hoping that we're out of it. And then things played out. Obviously, we're, that wasn't the case. We went into multiple lockdowns. The cinemas were open, the closed, open, closed, restrictions were in, then they were out. And so it has been a weird year. It's yes. certainly not been the best year for me in film as well because on top of that I work for the NHS I also had a kid this year so I have missed films I think looking at the list of movies in 2021 I would easily say since doing this podcast last year I saw fewer films than I probably have seen maybe in the last 10 years I think they're actually harder to get by as well because a lot of these films remember it's the Oscar nominations that's when they brings them to this film especially in a small rural country city which we kind of Lincoln is this, the film if it's not going to win an Oscar they won't show it but as soon as the Oscars are announced if it's on there you'll have a two week run yeah yeah. Well, you, they'll only show the film half as two on a Thursday <laughs> so. but that, that's an excellent point we live in a in a, in a, in a rural county and it, you know we don't have art house cinema so you know some of the more indie movies um, some of the ones that kind of generate a lot of buzz you know, but our, but our smaller independent films, Basically. we might not get as well. So it is somewhat frustrating living where we live, but we do do our best. And there are streaming services, obviously. I'm not making excuses, but I know that often with this podcast, people don't hesitate to write in and tell us we've got something wrong. Yeah. And when you're crowding your favorite movie of the year, even though it's your own opinion, people will still tell you you're wrong. Yeah. So as a caveat, <laughs> we are looking at the UK release dates because some of these may have come out in the United States sooner than the UK. Um, we are also looking at COVID setbacks. Some may have come out in 2020, but again, in the United Kingdom, they came out in 2021. So we are classing them as a 2021 movie. So there is some bits of a delay. Fairest thing for us to do was to look at IMDb and Wikipedia to compile a list of the movies. Um, and if we miss your favorite or we don't mention a film that you believe was the best film of the year, tell us about it because we will go away and we'll watch it. 
Um, just start your email, dear sweethearts. Exactly. And if it's about the film Pig, we know. We can't get our fucking hands on it. No, I can't find Pig, <laughs> Nicolas Cage. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's the only film we've been searching for for the last three weeks is the film Pig. We get it. Yeah. And you know what? Someone's going to go, well, you could buy it for blah, 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 blah. Well, you I don't right. have, Well, 2021, I lost my friend Sam because he's too busy not being on a podcast. I was lost my fucking job. <laughs> so leave me alone. Anyway, I'm sorry. I love you. But we're going to go January right the way through to December. We're going to break it down month by month. Some of the films that came out, and then we will start looking at what are some of our favourites, what are some of the best performances, what are the missed opportunities, those kind of things yeah. we're going to sum up. So it probably is going to be a bit of a condensed episode unless we start rambling. But then it's Christmas, so you're probably busy anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so. hope you've had a great Christmas. Let's crack on. Right, January. Shadow in the Clouds. Chloe Grace Moretz was in that movie. We had The Dig, you know, the Ray Fiennes Netflix mm. movie, Karen Mulligan, Little Things, Denzel Washington, uh, Jared Leto, Remy Malik, Nomadland, Francis McDermott. Obviously, good, I'm not going to keep, this is the last time I'm going to say it. Lots of other movies came out that I, we're looking at a condensed list. Nomadland. How was January? I mean, as it goes, I think it was all about Nomadland. You know, we'd come into the new year. You and I knew about Nomadland. We'd heard the buzz. We'd heard the mm. tour. We wanted to see this film. We were right for this film. Francis McDermott does not let us down. We did an episode about it. It was great. Yeah. I think that's the winner quite clearly and obviously going to be one of the strongest films out there. It was a phenomenal performance in a world that none of us knew. Heartbreaking at times, the idea of travelling to, you know, for those who haven't listened, just quick synopsis, she's, she's trying to find work. You know, she's a nomad. She lives in a car. It's a great film about a world that you and I don't know anything about. No. Our ignorance, our ignorance helped that. You know, Chloe Zhao, she made a lot. She made a lot of buzz about this film. You know, even before this film was released, there was a lot of buzz. It turned out so that they were like, we want you to do the Eternals. Wow. Mm. What a great film. Obviously went on again, to win the Oscar, went on to win Best Performance yeah. from um, Francis Pendormant in it as well. But let's just say that there's a lot of shit in January. Yeah, I think it, right off the bat, if I was to write down my favourite movies, No Man Land is certainly a contender. Is a let's contender. make no shadow of a doubt. That is a contender for Best Movie of the Year. Little Things for me is one of the movies that is the... And I didn't see it in January. I saw it when it came out on streaming services. So I saw it kind of more September time. Mm. Is the missed opportunity movie for me in that you've got Denzel Washington, Jared Leto and um, Remy Malik. Malik in a movie that is heavily kind of along the lines of the movie Seven and you don't make an epic film out of that. It was a disappointing film. I think missed opportunity there was a better film. <laughs> I know it sounds really stupid, but you had the integral party to make a, and I don't know about you, but I feel like there hasn't been a decent cop film in a while. I think TV is saturated that moment, and every time you think TV drama, everything you think crime drama, cop drama, you think television. It would have been perfect. Mm. And the, the building blocks are there. How did you not do better? Yeah, I don't, is it just, is it just us with too high expectations? No, I didn't, no, I didn't think it was very good. Is it the pacing of the film's off as well? That's mm. so off. Nah, not for me. Disappointing. Again, not not a bad movie. Not a bad yeah, movie. Yeah, that's just, you, just you, you know, you yeah. got you got three um, Academy Award winners in that lineup. You know, in the three central performances, it, I, I, I I don't know why it wasn't amazing. Shadow in the Cloud, on the other hand, was a movie that I had no expectation of, and I'd seen the trailer, and actually was quite a fun ninety-minute movie. Coming out of an Aust- uh, coming out of a New Zealand film uh, studios as well. I liked it more than I thought it was going to, but that's barely a compliment. I had no expectations, so the fact that I got more, that's good. But at the same time, let's not fucking you know, it's not, I, it's not no man. The, yeah, it's not no man. Like, I'm, we've shadow in the cloud. I'm, this is how I'd sum it up. It would be, um, I liked it just. It just, <laughs> just made me like it. And I don't know what it was. It's probably the central performance from Chloe Grace Moretz that, that made me enjoy it. The best scenes are when she's on her own. 
The, the best <laughs> movies when it goes full, the best scenes in it are when it goes full B movie. And this film does take part over three acts. The first one very much an inner monologue in her head. It is very much a um, Twilight Zone episode, monster on the wing of a plane. You know, are the voices she's hearing through the radio real or are they her consciousness? Then it turns into generic action B movie. And then by the end of it, it turns into, again, sci-fi um, kind of thriller towards the end. So it does transition. And do you know what? As a lockdown movie, it's something that I saw on streaming services. I think it's still on Amazon. It was all right. Yeah. Just. Just. It was just. Just. Going into February, again, uh, another month with Judas and the Black Messiah, the Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield movie. I'm going to go with this as a contender. I love this. I watched this very recently, but that is a great performance about the, uh, I don't know what was recently, but I can't remember about the Black Panther movement. Isn't yeah. It? And it, it, do you know what? Yes. David, uh, and, Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. I don't understand. He's got like, his filmography is really good. Mm. And I think he's breaking A-lister. I think he's- Well, he's won an Oscar now. And he's yeah, in, but that doesn't mean anything, mate. Get out. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. But he's doing good films. He's winning an Oscar, mate. Mm. Well, can, he's in Black could, Panther. Crash, Crash won an Oscar. <laughs> Which will always be my go-to. Crash one Oscar. No, uh, absolutely great. And any film has got Lakers Stanfield, mate. You, you, you were a big buzz of the old Lakers Stanfield, and so am I, mate. I love this film. I think this film's really good. Gritty at the right time. Great performances. Uh, so we brushed over the dig previously. Did you watch that on Netflix? I didn't. That's why I brushed over it. The very, the very fast movie. It is good. That is a. That's that's a nice like Tuesday evening watch. Yeah. Like you wouldn't save that for your Friday, your Saturday night. But Ray Fiennes delivers a great performance. Carrie Mulligan is great in it. Lily James is in it. It's interesting. You know, it's one of the movies where it's it, I like a film sometimes when I put it on where I'm like, I know nothing of the source material. I don't know anything about like where this is gonna go. Um, you know, archaeology, not not my believe it or not, James, not my wheelhouse. What? I know. <laughs> You've been um, lying to me for years. And, and I quite enjoyed it. I, I quite like I quite like Ray Fines when he when he's got a nose and he isn't trying to kill kids. You know, you know obviously like, that's a comment about uh, his personal life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, mate, by the time this comes out, that yeah. might be true. <laughs> so. The Schindler's list director's cut. But um the, the the first on the list of movies that I'm gutted that I didn't see was uh, Minari, which uh, again yeah. is one of them uh, Stephen Yeun movie that uh, caused big buzz when it came out and unfortunately I just haven't seen it yet so that may be I'm very conscious that may be some people's film of the year Yeah, um, and, I, and it has the hype and I believe I'm confident you know I believe what people are saying I bet it is great and I can't wait to watch it but I haven't seen it at the moment I'm with you it's been a, it's been, a, it's been one of those years um, Willy's Wonderland which I didn't see in February when it came out where I saw when it came out on streaming services Nicholas's Cage's <sighs> first entry uh, in, in the year do you know what, mate? I I think it's a lot better than you think it is going to be. Again, not really confident, but at the same time, it's like, what were you expecting? But somehow it was more. I I liked it just. You do what I think. I I liked it because <laughs> Nicolas mm. Cage. You know, if Nicolas Cage isn't in that, I'm not watching that film. It's not a good, it's not a decent film. Well, the, the trailer was like, Nick Cage has to survive a night in a uh, like haunted uh, amusement park that's yeah. that's um, which isn't open anymore yeah which so, isn't so, open so it begs the question why and the animatronics come alive at night right now you get that yeah you get the you know if, if you know that that's what the movie's about when you then press play on that movie that's what you get so you can't really moan too much yeah but I did find myself kind of wanting a bit more like Nicolas Cage doesn't speak okay the silent protagonist that's fine he's got this weird fascination with pinball and energy drinks okay I'm willing to go with that I 
there's a part of me that thinks Nick Cage put that in there himself. So do I, actually, yeah. But there is also, there's no threat in this movie. <laughs> At no point do I like, oh, Nicolas Cage might not survive. <laughs> like, there's no point where I found any of the villains menacing. <laughs> and I don't know whether that's the point in that it's a B-movie, like, it, it tried desperately to be, like, a cult film. But you kind of want some peril in it, you know mm. what I mean? You want, you want one of the animatronics, you know, Willie himself, the weasel, to be a bit more fiercer than what he actually was. It's not going to be like, if, I know it's a different genre, but if you look at Brigsby Bear as an indie movie yeah. that, you know, that became a cult classic, it had the, it hit the tone really well. Whereas Willy's Wonderland didn't get the tone for me. It just no. kind of, it, it was trying so hard to become a cult movie. Yeah, no, I'd say that. I care a lot. I didn't see, but I know you talked about the Rosamund Pike and um, Peter Dinklage movie. The film was there to elicit an emotion and Rosamund Pike, I wanted her dead at the end of the movie because her character is so spot on. You know, she's, it's a real life thing as well. So it was uncomfortable watching me because I knew these stories, these people are, you know, given legal status over the vulnerable. They start selling off their homes and stuff for personal profit under the guise of affording medical care and that things. One day she uses, she accidentally does this to a gangster's mother played by Peter Dinklage and she's using the system Peter Dinklage is trying to be on the hand. It's actually a great film, but at the same time, film doesn't always elicit a positive response from you. I sat there in my chair seething. I wanted out. I hated this character so much, but as performances go, it worked. Mm. It, you know, if, if film explicit some emotion, it, it explicit a remote, um, yeah, good film. Yeah. <laughs> She's come a long way since Doom. She has come a long way since then. It's a shame, like, Carl Urban has on it. It's regressed, mate. That was, oh, his, we peak, right. was his peak role. <laughs> Carl Urban is awesome. Now, yeah, Rosamund Pike, I'm always like, she's awesome. Like, Gone Girl, like, you know, this, and, like, everything I see Rosamund Pike, and I'm like, she's awesome. You know, like that. Yeah. Then I'm like, but she was in Doom. Like, let's never forget that she was in Doom. <laughs> never let them forget. I also didn't see going into March, but I know you saw Moxie, the Amy Poehler movie. I liked Moxie. It was a good female empowerment film. I think you can tell it was written with a lot of love. It does have a tonal shift, though, that that prevents it from being a good film. Mm. Like, the shift at the end is so jarring, it gave me whiplash. <laughs> it was... But do you know what? It's, it's Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Chaos Walking was a letdown. Yep. Now, it's always worrying when a movie, before it comes out, is being slated. Like, How could this have been, though? Because every, everything on paper looks like this film would be great. Yeah, you've got, you got Mads Mikkelsen, you've got Tom Holland in it, you've got uh, Daisy Ridley in it. Yeah. You know, the, the, I mean, I didn't even know Mads Mikkelsen was in it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew the other two, and I was like, at the height as well, they were, they, people were foaming at the mouth for this film. It, and, you know, it is, it, every now and again, these kind of movies come out, and they are quite intriguing, like sci-fi isn't something that I read or, or, or I wouldn't say is like my go-to genre. I like sci-fi, but you know, um, it is it, kind of got this original idea to it. You know, this, that people can hear your thoughts and you, you know, your inner monologue, you know, so a lot of it is like the first 10 minutes is very chaotic. Like the, the chaos is true, you know, like, <laughs> it lives up to yeah, it. There's some people that have learned how to null, like kind of calm it. So, you, you know, so you don't give the game away, you know, like, this is like good day. He's like, yeah, good day. And he said, he's like, no bad day, terrible day. And it's like a lot of that. Oh, but then it manifests as well into a vision. Like, so people can actually see the real you, your mind. It's really weird. There's like, there's a lot going on very early on into it. And then you got <laughs> Daisy Ridley comes into it and it kind of gets a bit chaotic. Um, it, the problem with it is it, and you should never do this with movies, but I'd heard so much negativity about it. It was really hard to go into it as a blank canvas and open. I kind of went into it straight away going like, oh, everyone says this is dog shit. Like, like everyone says this is dog shit. Yep. And it kind of was. <laughs> it's so dog shit. 
you've made this show. You haven't reviewed it on this show and you've seen it. And I know you've seen it because I came in one day and you were watching it. Yeah. I went, is this bad? And you went, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It was what Tom Holland needed at this point was a really big movie at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got Uncharted coming out soon, all right? So I'm getting ready for that as well. Um, next, we have a, a Frank Grillo double bill. Oh, yes. Boss level. Yes. Uh, with Mel Gibson. Fun film. Absolutely fun. As you want to think of the word fun, it was fun. Mel Gibson, chewing a bit of scenery. Oh, man. Do you know what? I like him as a bit of a villain. Well, he was a villain in one of the Expendables films, wasn't he? And in real life. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I, do you know what? I, a fun film. Do you know what? Is he winning awards? No, but do you know what? When he wakes up in that scene where he's fine whilst having a cup of coffee, do you know what? I'm on his side. Yeah. I boss level for me is one of the best experiences I've had this year of having no expectation and going in and being like that was fucking it was just ninety minutes maybe a little bit more of just action boss the wall and putting Frank Grillo where he belongs at the front of the movie yes um, he is leading man and he's you know later in life which I love you know he's like he's in his fifties great shape fucking leading man action hero. I quite liked it. Unfortunately, he was then also in Cosmic Sin with Bruce Willis. Well, everyone's got a Death Note, unless you're Bruce Willis when your Death Note is... Everything post-2006, like the- <laughs> sorry? Well, what was he doing in 2006? It was six cents, wasn't it? No, that was 2000. But it wasn't. didn't we establish that Bruce Willis gave up after Ocean's 8 or whatever it was? <laughs> when he cameoed as himself when and he, he realised he, well, he, he doesn't need to act anymore. He could just be Bruce Willis. Yeah, Ocean's 12. <laughs> <laughs> um... Then Zack Snyder's Justice League, because if Justice League wasn't enough, let's give it twice the length. Do you know what? I actually really liked it. I thought it was great. I put it up there. The the different cut, the focus on different characters, the focus on a different villain. It turned Steppenwolf, this is how good it was, it turned Steppenwolf from a fucking knobhead, and I mean that, to actually God-tier villain. I was on to, I was like, yes. Mm. I would give this film... The film that I was least expecting to have fun with, if this is an award. This is the Redemption Award. Redemption Award, yes. This was top notch. I really enjoyed this. Granted, you're going to need like a week to watch it. Mm. You know, if you've got a job and a kid, I want me book a week off. Because you're not going to be able to enjoy this four-hour monstrosity in one go. It's a turning point in cinema. We've seen this recently with um, Sonic not looking, you know, like Sonic enough. Clifford the Red Dog not being red enough. And also, if you get enough people to sign a petition, lo and behold, you do get the Snyder Cut. Like, um, it's monumental actually if you think about it it's monumental for, yeah. for audiences everywhere. it's people power people voted with Twitter hashtags and it mm. worked it did it's not going to work for everything we're not going to get the eyes cut of uh, Suicide Squad thank Christ to be honest <laughs> um, but it does show it does show demand and, and actually what we got was a far superior movie the Zack Snyder movie is that was the better version of Justice it's not even it's not even a close call like no. it's infinitely better in just about every side of it you know so what I would like to point out as well is let's be honest 2000 and 20 was a, was a terrible year. We, you know, we barely did this because nothing really was out. 2021, this was the first time I remember it being a spectacle again. It was, like, mm. it was like, oh my God, it's released at this time. So you and I, like, lockdown just finished or was it just about to come and we watched it. You know, mm. we, you know, it was the like, people were gathering to watch this film for, like, for the first time in like a year and a half. It was great. I really enjoyed that film. It also, I think, opened um, viewers' eyes up to the meddling of corporations yeah. and directors and stuff like when you look at and I, and I, that's not even going into kind of all the Josh Whedon stories that have come about his inappropriate behavior on set just meaning that he came on to finish a project project and, so and what he it. then churned out of it like is it's incredible to think that all of that was taken out of that movie 
and it, it's somewhat also quite scary, you know, when you think, <laughs> fucking hell, Zack Snyder, I would have been pissed if I was like, where's my movie gone? <laughs> what have you done with it? The only things that stay the same were like the action scenes, so the first one and the second one, because that final fight scenes can be different and all the story. Like Cyborg actually had a fucking character. Yeah, so <laughs> he actually had scenes in the Zack Snyder one. Um, Don't get me wrong, still too much fucking slow-mo. <laughs> well, that's a Zack Snyder trope, <laughs> so. isn't it? We also had Nobody, Bob Odenkirk, uh, action thriller. Surprise hit. I actually mm. really enjoyed that. That was fun. It was a great film. And we had Godzilla versus Kong. I, it was what I wanted. I just wanted these two titans to beat piss out of each other. They, and to be fair to them, they beat piss out of each other. They destroyed like two continents. They made me question physics. Quite mm. liked it. Even explained horrible things like, well, how do they get to one side or the other? Well, hang about here. If you thought Flat Earth was bollocks, <laughs> let me tell you about Hollow Earth. You know, it's absolutely all... Horse piss, yeah, horse piss. But I, it's what it was fun for me. I enjoyed it. It was, it'd been a while since on the big screen I'd seen a sea trampled by a fucking lizard. <laughs> so. Suppose, right, so those things are it. Like when I remember the classic Godzilla movies, going around my nan's ass and watching the original like Godzilla movies and the destruction, the aftermath of the monster, even in those movies, which was clearly, you know, a mix of um, man like, in a suit, man in a suit, <laughs> you know. Versus now the kind of CGI spectacle that is the the Godzilla in the Titan movies, but during that end fight scene, I was a bit like, "Fucking hell!" Like you have demolished Tokyo. Like yeah. how many thousands of people are dead? Do you know what? Is that an Asian? Because I was thinking that as well. I was like, "I was like, how does this work? Mm. How do you?" But I guess Godzilla King of Monsters, the sequel, does kind of try to ask that question because that's why Child Carl Chandler is like out of Monarch. It's because his son died on. The, when Godzilla was fighting whatever he was fighting in the first film. So it does have that moral question. However, he's dropped pretty quickly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any moral question from that first movie in this, in this line, it's like, yes, yes. Use the skyscraper as a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Fuck the people inside it. If they had got these guys to a remote location where, where they couldn't have the collateral damage, I would get it. But then it, that goes against, I suppose, the Godzilla movies, which was about the disaster, mm. which is about the, you know, they are, they are disaster movies. But what's cool to see Mecha Godzilla? I, I thought I was cool. I thought you looked pretty Yeah, yeah. Pretty I mean, we said we said before the movie came out, I said if they put Mecha Godzilla in there, I'm fucking about this movie. I want to see that on the big screen. And that doesn't disappoint. You know, Kong goes away and gets himself an axe. All right, I'll buy it. That's fine. <laughs> you somehow got a throne in the middle of the planet, but you know, okay, move on. Yeah, that whole Middle Earth shit. He's um, a bit shit. Hollow it? Earth or whatever it is, reverse Earth, I don't know. That... Still don't, but the point is, and this is where I know you agree, why do you have humans in stories like this? I don't mm. care. Why are you watching Godzilla Kong for the moral? <laughs> Just, just want to see him have a bit of a fight. I know you need humans to uh, 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 frame the story, but I don't care. Mm. <laughs> I know you're supposed to have him, but make those scenes snappier and shorter. For me, like, I just, it made me remember how much I like movies like Collateral. Yeah. You know, which is an indie version of the monster disaster movies where they're not actually real monsters, they're the emotions of that character. You know, like, that to me was a fuck. that was so much better. <laughs> better that was a good you film. know then then actually seeing it you know but it, you know but this goes back to and this is i'm gonna get this on a t-shirt you know when when you watch a movie with a title like that or like willie's wonderland where you get the synopsis you can't really be disappointed because that's what you got it's ron you, wanted, you, know, you got yeah. it on the tin so yeah i also that month came out uh, coming to america too which i did I didn't mind when I watched it. I just, I figures I kept stop starting it because of things at home. And I don't think I really kind of gave it my full attention. I don't like the first one. So I, I didn't mind. So I've seen the second one. It's one of those, it's, it's Eddie Murphy. It's just like, you know, Eddie Murphy is a decent film because he's done, fucking he gave up in the nineties and just like sailed through it. 
The only mm. time he's ever shown for a movie was for fucking Shrek films. He's mm. terrible. I, I can't stand anything he's in at the minute. Going into uh, April, we had Jeffrey D. Morgan and William Sadler doing The Unholy, which has just come out on Sky Arts. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's not good. <laughs> is he naked? <laughs> no, no, there's no, there's no naked cry. Oh, I'm movie. disappointed then. <laughs> Jeffrey D. Morgan as well, like when, he, when, when he's loading up as like the leading guy, obviously he kind of got a second wind in his career after Walking Dead as Negan. Um, you know, because you think of things like Watchmen and other movies that he's in, I'm never going to forgive him for Pierce, I love you. Like, yeah. that's Irish apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what is it you described him as he's he's a uh, wish.com Javier Bardem <laughs> yeah you can't get you can't get Javier Bardem Jeffrey Morgan's kind of the same no um, he's, he's not great it's, it's paid by numbers kind of supernatural it's fucking Dion Holy mate he's, he's sold it for me and I'm not interested talking of not interested uh, Thunder Force Melissa McCarthy oh, Octavia Spencer and Jason Bateman and the only reason I wanted to watch it <laughs> was because I described it he has crab legs he has crab arms in it and <laughs> I was like well I need to see that <laughs> And after I saw him, I turned the movie off. <laughs> I do you know what you mentioned his remembrance. Like there wasn't one thing you remember about that. Sure, Jason Bateman's got crab arms. <laughs> These movies come out every now and again. You know, like you figure like on Netflix, Power. You know, the Jamie Fox movie. Yeah. It kind of takes the superhero genre and puts on his head a little bit. And I get Thunder Force. It, it the world was calling for that film. Like yeah, it was going film. to. Yeah, yeah. Piss Take Superhero movie was going to come out at some point. But Melissa, Melissa McCarthy and, and Octavia Spencer, to be fair, what annoys me is they are great. They are amazing. But they pick some of the But they pick films. some terrible films. Melissa McCarthy comes back later on in the in the Starling. I don't know if you saw that on Netflix. No. Terrible year for Melissa McCarthy, them two movies. When did she up for an Oscar last year as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking got Halle Berry disease. Yeah. Um, Stowaway. I like this film. I, I love was, this film. I thought this film was pretty good. You know, Kenrick in a great, you know, showing that she can lead the way, which she, she can, like the other film about Christmas, but a great idea as well. Mm. So way in space is like, how do you make that decision? You know, it, science and mathematics and space exploration is all based on the balance. Like, you know, you, you consume this amount of oxygen. The idea of having someone else there is terrifying because the horror is science mm. and mathematics. That's the enemy is the basic rudimentary world that we live in. Mm. I thought it was a great idea, you know, and obviously the guy's a nice guy. He's not an arsehole. He's not a terrorist or anything. He just happens to be on there. And then you've got like the captain and all this crew trying to do the right thing. Do you know what? It's a great moral dilemma. And like, you know me, mate. I love a moral dilemma. It's good cast as well. Like I say, Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick has that. Uh, I, I struggle. I struggle to believe Anna Kendrick is anything other than like a lovely person, mm. you know, and, and so... In this, I'm a, I, it was harder to believe that she was up in space than like Daniel Day Kim, who I think kind of uh, is, is great, even in movies like Hellboy. I still think he's good. He's yeah. a great actor. Tony Collette, obviously a huge fan of him. And Shamir Anderson, who's the, who is the stowaway. It's a good central cast. It's a, it's a good lockdown movie as well. You can, you know, like very short, small, small uh, only, cast. Only exists as well. Don't they get asked questions that you never hear the question? They're always answering because you don't see anything outside of the spaceship. Yeah, so you're yeah. kind of contained with them on it. So it kind of gives that idea of kind of isolation and peril and all that stuff. I think that's a film that everyone should check out. I quite like, I really liked that film. Mm, I really liked it. I thought Stowaway was a really, really good movie. I remember pointing on within the first 10 minutes, I thought this film's pretty special. Actually. When when they reveal um, Shamir Anderson, who is the stowaway on the ship, when they when you get away from your, because we, we're kind of, I don't know, acclimatized to think, oh no, he's not there by accident. He's there yeah. because he's a villain and he's got, he's got his own motive, his own agenda. He's an alien, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> 
when you actually boil that down and go, no, no, genuinely, he is a stowaway and that now puts them in a position where they haven't got enough oxygen to complete the mission. The second I kind of got past that and got past my, what I thought the movie was, I was like, okay, this is new. I haven't seen this before. I actually quite really enjoyed it. Mm. Stowaways cracker. <clears throat> Diversive movie next, Mortal Kombat. Hated it. Yeah, I don't I, know why you can hate much, it. Much I, get, I get why you might like the other one, the nah. 95 movie. There's no fun or joy in it. If you took out Kano, I, right, so... I don't like this framing device of getting in a new character that doesn't mean anything. And in fact, spoiling the... Right. So what I don't like about it is it's a broken promise film. So I've been thinking about it. So when we were talking about it, I actually felt like I went off on a tangent and I didn't explain myself very well. I was just kind of rude. I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said, but, you know, films don't... Game uh, game franchises use this as character of Alice and things like that. It was a good point. However, Mortal Kombat has those characters and you just ignore them, like Johnny Cage, uh, Kung Lao, you know... What irritates me was that he promised so much and delivered very little from what I wanted as a fan. I can understand it was decent. I liked the fighting. I liked Kano. But if you took out Kano, it was a bit crap. It was dry. Mm. It sets up a film, an epic fight battle between Sub-Zero and Scorpion, which is which all I wanted. So I really liked the first like 10 minutes and I liked kind of the last five minutes, except for this prick gets involved. I don't care. Not for me. I'll always prefer Night Night Five. Yeah, I, I think it's fair enough having like nostalgia wins, you mm. know, because I still stand by like Die Hard is the greatest movie they yeah. ever made you know, in terms of the action genre. And but it has flaws to it. So I, I can buy that argument that, you know, you're hung up on nostalgia in, in that nineties movie. For me, I didn't actually really mind that I didn't really like too much the nineties movie. Yeah. Um I think that's what I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah, so, so then when I watch I, this, I'm like, well, that's more believable that yeah. yeah, that those guys actually know martial arts and, and it's, it's gory. Oh, and- the, the one thing you can say is the fights in Mortal Kombat, which is weirdly... Mortal Kombat, the latest one, gives you what you want, which is better fighting than actual fatalities because 995 doesn't, has crap fighting and no fatalities, mm. but I actually quite liked the storyline of that one. But I, I don't get into it. I know there's people out there I think most of the people agree with me. I think, you, I think you're right. I think mean, a lot of people, but this is that I mean, lesson. Fans, sorry. Yeah. This is the lesson in nostalgia though, isn't it? It's that it's, yeah. Just because it's old and it reminds you of your childhood doesn't mean that it was good back yeah. then. It's like people that when they say that How the Duck was a great movie, it's really it's not. Really not. <laughs> you know, like, or It is scary. It's, like the two-part TV show. It's not. Like, it's not scary. Like the Tim Curry It is not a scary movie. Like there's a lot of people that get hung up think, on the idea that it is. I think that's probably true. I think it's nostalgia because I liked it. It's, it's more protected to me, but I just when I watch them, and I think I'm usually pretty good at getting the blinders down. It's just not for me. I just don't mm. like it. Um, and also, the fight scenes are better, but they're also, I don't understand the villains. It's, it's just like, if you're so good, just beam in fucking Mortal Kombat. No, I did. I, did, I, <laughs> I like that series. Like, twats. you're breaking the rules and the guy's like, well, we're villains. Like, it's, kind of, it's kind of what we do. We cheat. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so not for me, but I know that, I know the. But let's be honest, you liked it, but it's not a good film, it wasn't great or anything. Mm. It was just, it was it right. Yeah, I'm, even, I'm not going to say. Even at its height, even if you disagree with me, it's still not a great film. No, no. I but I went into it thinking it was going to be terrible. And, and actually, I, I kind of went, I don't know why people are so mad at this film. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's like, it's as okay as the 90s one. Yeah, to be fair. It was like, it, do you know what? I agree. I'm going to, no, I fucking hate that. <laughs> Mitchell's versus the machine. I loved it. Do you know what, mate? If we're talking about potential, I love this film. And I, it's just one of those things that you talked to me in a pair of just glass over. It's just like, what? Um, Mitchell's and Machines, I watched about six hours ago because I was like, I haven't really seen any decent animated films. I just typed in good animated films of 2021. It was top of the list. I watched it. And do you know what? I was watching it thinking, this is such an Aaron film. It's a great thing. Danny McBride, Abby Thompson, um, mm. uh, uh, Rachel. Anyway, sorry. It's got great. Olivia Wilde. Uh, Olivia Wilde. Flipping Olivia Comment. It's a Abby great. Jackson. Abby Jacobson. It's such a great film. It's so quirky. And what I like about it, it's so alternative. 
Um, as in, I she's a loser in second in high school. I always get schools confused. She makes these weird movies, but when she gets into art school, a film school, she becomes like a. She, she finds her people, which I really like because I think that resounds, especially a lot with audiences today. Everyone kind of feels awkward and left out. And that's what being creative is. And weirdly, the zombie, uh, the robot apocalypse is a secondary storyline. Mm. I love this one. I thought it was right. Even to the dog, Moochie. Mate, what a fucking brilliant. I, mate, I'm fucking watching Cop Dog Sex. I'm fucking there when it comes out in the cinema. I love this movie. When this film came on, I was smiling. It, it We talked about this last week. It does that bit as well where it shows you the emotional uh, kind of turmoil of one of the main characters and why they're upset. It tugs on the heartstrings. It was, I mean, it's not up sad. Like it's not, yeah. it's not like that level of sad, but I was like, oh, you know. It's um, it's another fucking knockout for Sony Animation who I think are fast becoming. Mm. I mean, I'm only picking, I'm cherry picking two of their films, this and fucking Spider-Man and Spider-Man. But for me, mate, Sony Animation's up there. <laughs> I think it also, um, Danny McBride does his best Seth Rogen impression all the way through the movie. <laughs> good shout, yeah. I, I, Mayor Rudolph in it, I thought was Mayor really good Rudolph. as well. Eric Eric Andrews, where I lose it a little bit because I I find it, I'm not the greatest Eric Andrews. I don't uh, get that style of comedy that he does. I do, I think it's hilarious. Um, but Olivia Coleman for me, it steals the show. And I think, I don't know who voiced them, but the two Deborah Bot 5000s that, yeah, that whole bit is amazing. John Legend's in it. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, 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 really enjoyed it. I think this movie is top. I mean, there's strong years as well. There's, you know, we're going to talk about some other animations that came out. But this one coming out on Netflix, I loved watching it. it I was. really, really loved it. It's a very special kind of movie to watch this year uh, in in a, in a time of such misery and pandemics and everything. This is a shining light. Absolutely cracking film. Completely agree. I would say, I would say Vault. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I would. There you go. Without Remorse as well came out that month. The Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Bell, uh, Tom Clancy. <gasps> the the worst thing you can be if you're going to be a generic shooter, like like all these kind of films, is be generic. And this one is so generic that I've used the word generic five times and re- remains generic. It's a generic film. No, it's yours, but um, it's so forgettable. Mm. I've seen this film twice. I can't really remember it. And what's the shame? It's Michael B. Jordan. He needs, you know, he did... He's got roles under him. I still think he was one of the most complex villains Marvel's ever done. Mm. And I thought he was... And he wasn't a villain. And he wasn't a villain. But well, also, he was to kill people, but you know... But, he, the, the, but they killed him off. They killed mm. off literally their most interesting villain. Mm. They killed him off. So I'm like, right, so where do I stand up? The Marvel have never done villains very well. They had one. They had Michael B. Jordan, who's fucking phenomenal actor. He's gone off. Apollo, he's done great. I'm looking forward to seeing where that franchise goes now post... Uh, oh, the Creed movie. Yeah, sorry, Creed. Uh, post... Um, post Stallone because obviously mm. they're going through it now and it's just going to be him fucking this was diabolically and when I say diabolically it's diabolically generic it was okay yeah it, it was, was a okay, shrug it? it was a yeah I think if I went to the cinema I would have been like ah oh, I've got it I kind of took time out of my day at least it came out on home viewing yeah you know I think if I'd been in the cinema I would have been like oh, the problem is, as well, and I, this, trust me, it's not as bad. Last year, we we did a film called SAS Red No Ears, mm. and it reminds me of that. I'm not saying it's that I bad. Kept that, I kept that off this list, by the way. Oh, was it this year? Yeah, oh, right. Okay. Right, this year, didn't Mate, all I can think of is that film haunts me. I'm shit that film yeah. was. Anyway, it reminded me of that film. So I was watching this going, oh, God, this reminds me of SAS Red No Ears. Yeah, yeah, we had two red notices last year. I think, I'm pretty certain SAS Red No came out early in the year. I've, I've skipped oh, it. I didn't put it on good. my list because I couldn't stand that movie. Um, <laughs> Right, moving on. This movie I'm going to talk about next week okay. because we're going to talk about Statham. But it's just come out on streaming services. It did get a very small limited run cinema release early in the year and that is Wrath of Man 
but it is just out on Amazon. Um, I watched it in part of my as part of my Jason Statham uh, kind of Illness marathon thing. Yeah. yeah, that I did recently. Yeah. Um, do you want to save for next week? Let's watch? save for next week. I've also seen it. Let's just say that. I mean, it's not going without, to top this list. Without spoilers, I'm probably not going to put it into consideration for this film. <laughs> no, but it is interesting to talk about next week when we talk about Jason Statham. Army of the Dead, the Zack Snyder, um, huge zombie apocalypse movie set in Las Vegas. Love Dave Batista. Dave Batista. I've actually still, I, I think enough time has passed now. I want zombies to come back. This film though, not for me. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the zombies are intelligent. Or, no, actually, it sums up. I like zombies with a hierarchy. It's the scene where they like trade their way in. Mm. I was just like, I get it. I get it. They're different. But at the same time, then the rest of them just act like zombies. And no, no, not for me. I suppose if you're a zombie purist, you want the walking dead, don't you? You want the, there's there's nothing there behind the, behind the eyes, just a fucking drive to eat flesh. But then again, I guess you're right. The idea of of a lead zombie is different. makes sense. And actually, Mm. you know what? If you think about it, when was the last time? At least it took risks. It tried to do something. But as I recall, the opening credits to this film took about four hours. Yeah, but the opening credits were the best bit. And that's what I mean. That was the movie everyone thought this film was going to be, like chainsaws and like and it, gore. And, and it wasn't. So it wasn't, yeah. It, there are some good scenes there. I, I quite liked it. I mean, it's, it outstays its welcome. It's like two hours and 20. Yeah. It's much longer than it needs to be. But um, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't terribly hate it. I thought it was all right. There's some good scenes in it. It, it ended well because it could have could have been a very formulaic ending and it didn't go down that route. It does promise and set up a universe because we get later Army... Uh, Den of Thieves. Of, Army of Thieves, Army not Army of the Dead. And there is this rumour going around that this he's going to make a TV show as well and there's going to be a lot of spin-offs universes. And in fact, the movie that we saw played with timelines. You know, they find their own dead bodies in that film. Still don't and get it. There's a, there's, a, there's a theory going around on the internet that there's a there's a loop in the safe. Yeah, That's why the real reason why they were set up was to get there. It was never to take the money. It's because there's like a time loop in the safe. The story doesn't do a good enough job of, of making me give a shit. No, no. <laughs> so, it, it, so I'm it, fine to just ignore it. It, it. it tries to trail a load of breadcrumbs for you to be intrigued and go, oh yeah, I want the spin-offs and I want the other movies and I want the TV show and I want to know more about it. But it, but no, not enough. But that's 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 actually what you think about. If you think if you're a fan of like, you're a fan of Star Wars, for example. So when you watch the Star Wars like TV series, that's what you, you're all looking for the Easter eggs. Like, what does yeah. it mean? He tries to create a universe based on this, but no one gives a toss. There, there is the, the thing. The problem is as well. This this sums up this movie brilliantly in that it goes from good to bad to then good again to like, did they really just do that? To okay, that's good, and then to bad, and that is perfectly summed up in that scene where you know you see all these things that are like, okay, yeah. So why are they dead? And one of the characters even says, "Look, there's our bodies on the floor." We are stuck in a time loop. We are doing this over and over again. You know, they have the distinct necklaces and you're like, shit, yeah, maybe there's something going on here. Only to be followed by the next scene where a guy chooses to use a chainsaw to go through a wall rather than cut a padlock off a door. And you're like, because that's quicker, is it? And also, <laughs> the man's been carrying this chainsaw around for ages, not using it on a single zombie. Can he use it? He's like, <laughs> money's worth I'm going to go through the wall because that padlock looks too solid. <laughs> It's a DeWalt lock. There's no way I'm Mate, going through I'm, it. I'm fucked. <laughs> um, Those Who Wish Me Dead, the Angelina Jolie movie. We talked about this recently. Yeah, it's uh, right. Because it's now out on Sky Cinema. Yeah, it's good. It's it's nice to see um, the two hitmen, brother and uh, father and son, uh, again. Aidan Gillian, who is going to come up in my Stay Firm films next week. Because have you seen the movie Blitz? Sounds like I'm watching Blitz soon. <laughs> 
Aidan Gillian plays the villain in that movie. Oh, I, 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 he, I, I assume he doesn't do so. No, no, hams it up, mate. Good. Jason Statham. Now, Blitz is the most. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I'm going to read around it, but I, I reckon this is a Luther episode that just didn't make the cut, and then they turn it into a Statham movie. Okay. Because when you watch it, you're like, fucking, this is this is very much like a, an episode of Luther. Um, you know, Statham's character is like the cop that doesn't play by the rules but gets the job done, kind of. You know, and there's this London criminal, Aidan Gillian, kind of going around doing these horrific crimes. And, uh, and it's got a star-studded cast of, like, Mark Rylance is in it. Um, your man who played the governor in Walking Dead. Oh, I know who you mean, yeah. Um, Morrissey. Yeah. David. David Morrissey, yeah. Um, it's also got uh, um, Paddy Constantine in it as well. Oh, so like the cast, Constantine the, signing, mate. The cast is fucking great. And I'm like, a Statham movie? And it, and it was actually quite watchable. Anyway, I'm digressing. Blitz. Because, um, Where did you watch that? Blitz, Blitz. It's on Netflix. Right, good. Um, we'll talk about it next week with Statham. <laughs> Those who wish me dead, though the Angelina Jolie movie, it's not, it's not a Jolie top ten, is no. it? It's, it's mate, I don't even think it's a fucking Aiden Gillian. It's, top 10. it's a, it's a, it's entertaining for its runtime, but it, yeah. it wasn't great. It certainly wasn't the movie that I thought the cast signed up to do. It was alright for a film that <clears throat> needed to be on a week in fucking lockdown, you know, before two other big films. Amy Adams starred in Woman in the Window. Ah, oh, I want to like that film. The problem is, what I don't think there's any rewatchability about that film ever. No, because th- that storyline has been done. It has been done a do load what? of times. Getting Gary Oldman in and making him really look old. What I what worries me about that is I spend the film going, is that is that what he looks like now? Mm. Or is that him? <laughs> because it's been a while since I've seen him without prosthetics. Right. So, the, the, <laughs> so, uh, so this is really weird about Netflix. Like Netflix have too much money because they make a lot of movies that are already on Netflix, right? Yeah. So they've just redone Girl on the Train, haven't they? Yes. We, but they have Girl on the Train on Netflix, yes. the Emily Blunt movie. They're now doing, a, bear in mind that Woman in the Window is a Netflix movie. Yep. They're now doing a movie called The Woman Across the Street from The Woman in the Window. <laughs> That's not That true. is genuinely the title <laughs> of that movie. Sake. The Woman Across the Street from The Woman in the Window, I think is the name of that title. Is it film. a comedy? No, it's, it's the same story, it looks like. A woman observes something that may or may not be actually what she saw through the window. That'd be fucking great. Do you know what? If you t- bear with me for this, if we look at, say, it's Angelina Jolene and she's looking at Amy Adams, look at what's happening with Gary Oldman and his wife. Technically, we're watching a metaphor because she's the audience of the film that we already watched. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's fucking like inception levels maybe of fucking screen work. Maybe it's going to be the greatest movie ever. <laughs> that's what I mean. Maybe it's going to be so good. At, maybe does that technically make us the editors? <laughs> Mate, I'm just saying, just saying, we, we've bad thought in this film. This might be the greatest film ever made. <laughs> Directed by Pier, by uh, Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah. Um, no, he's going to be shit. Yeah, it's probably going to be bad. It's probably going to be bad. But, you know, don't judge a book, you know. Right. Spiral. I didn't say it. I, I, my problem is, is Saw was, was when you first saw it, mate, the ending to that was brilliant. The second one, there's two. Everyone guessed one of them. Some people got surprised by the second one. I liked it. But after that, what you did is after Saw 2, you set yourself a franchise, which which kind of hurt itself by the first film being easily the best, far outstripping the rest of them. It became unimaginative. People, I think the directors lost sight of why people actually enjoyed the first one. They thought it was like the, like the gore when I liked the first one because of the writing mm. and the twists and the storyline. But because they dropped it and they went with all this fucking like so over-the-top stuff, lost it, couldn't give a toss about Spiral. I did watch Spiral because I have that I have the hopes of getting Saw again. Yeah, like you said, the first movie because I thought Saw was I don't really like horror too much and particularly gore horror. 
But I did think Saul was clever. Oh, well, it was in, it was entertaining. And at the yeah. end of it, I was like, oh fuck yeah, of course. And even my dad, who he's definitely not a gore horror guy, was like, oh yeah, shit, it's him in the middle of the room the whole time. It kind of played out like a very R-rated, very eighteen version of like a um, Poirot like murder yeah. mystery. <laughs> like, fuck, he was there the whole time. <laughs> Second one gets a bit cheeky. It was a bit more yeah. kind of like, had a bit of, like dark comedy in there. And then by so the third one, oh, they just got ridiculous. They became. Movie, movie, you know, how fast can you churn a movie out? Yeah, you don't understand how this fucker's dead and he's just still fucking like eight films to well, go. I watched one recently and, and I lose track of which one's which. So I'm just going to say it ends with a laser neck collar scene. For, uh, like, I don't know what it is, like Sword 28 or whatever. But <laughs> Still sorry. But, but in that, the reveal was, oh yeah, this is the this is a guy who like was in a trap three movies before. And I'm like, let's not go down this route of like... You know, he's now got a backstory. He's become a psychotic murderer who teamed up with Jigsaw and learned how to make all of these things because he learned his ways and, you know, like... I'm, I they've just done that with a cop. You I know, like... Genuinely, I'm not joking. I genuinely had this fucking conversation with someone who thought they were a film. They might, you know what? If you call yourself a film, that's fine. Everyone likes movies. That's great. You do you. But they said, oh, he's not a serial killer. You know, they kill themselves. Like, genuinely, I was like, are you Jigsaw? And they tried to explain this to me. It was like, he teaches them a lesson. He teaches them how to survive. And I went, right, do you remember the first film? And he goes, yeah. You know the photographer? And he goes, yeah. Right, he gets up. And when he gets up, the plug is chained to his leg and the key falls down the drain. And he went, yeah. It was like, so is his lesson not to thrash in the bath? Because that didn't fucking come up, did he? You twat. I'm sorry. That really irritates me. And he goes, he's like, no, the first guy died because there's no plug in the sink. What's, yeah. What's, his flashback is like, oh no, everyone died because you left your and, tap running, you tit. And he's very much a serial killer because yeah, of the body count exactly. and because of those that don't learn their lesson. And those that do still have to kind of cut their eye out to find it. So and, let, he's not exactly, you know, I do like the Give him a theory, pamphlet, though. maybe. I, I do like the theory that he's Kevin McAllister grown up. Yes. I, I think, actually, I'm going to go with that. That's way more entertaining than the Saw movies. But yeah, Spiral was, um, it was all right. Again, it's very, very similar to um, when I watched, what was I talking about a minute ago? Blitz. Uh, no, no. Uh, coming to America, I I had to keep stop starting it because of like things going on in the background. So well, to be fair though, to get interest, Samuel Jackson and Chris Rock's pretty two great people that you'd kind of want to see in. And I will say this very codedly: it it doesn't go where you think it's going to go, but, oh, but it but it does. Oh, okay. So it's really weird. I can't explain it without giving it away. But it's like, oh, yeah, okay, there it is. Okay. Um, Quiet Place Two. I loved it. I actually, do you know what, I had great fun. I didn't know what they were going to do with uh, John Kowinski kind of going out. I was really looking forward to see where Emily Blunt and her kids went because obviously now got baby. Introduction introduction of Killian Murphy. Do you know what works? I think it's great. I love the fact that they go to like, when they, they find like a heaven, like a place of respite. And that gets like torn asunder. I quite liked that. Mm. I, I've got fond memories because I didn't see the first one in the big screen, it was nice. Here. And do you know what? I think the opening scene with John Kowinski is like a prequel, you know, when the aliens first land or the creatures. I quite, I thought that was a very good 20 minutes of television. I'm not saying it's better than the first, but it's very, 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 very rare you get a sequel as good as the yeah. first. I think the first still pips it. Yeah. But well, it's, it's got on its side the original idea as well. Yeah. And um, the nail scene. The nail scene, yeah. And the giving birth scene. And yeah. so much that Emily Blunt carries in that movie. <laughs> I love the fact that as a man, I find it more amazing that she kept her mouth shut when the nail happened, but not giving birth because I have no concept of that. <laughs> there's loads, there's loads in it that that movie, that first movie that I really, really loved, and it, the concept isn't that original. You know, silence. You know, we had mm. Bird Box and we had The Silence. You know, there's a load of these movies that have come out in the last five years about you have to keep quiet or a nasty's going to get you. Um, but I, I, I thought I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, Cruella. 
a lot. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I still don't really get it because she's the hero, but at the same time, she goes on to skin a load of dogs or try yeah. to. So I find myself a bit weirded out by the fact I'm on her side. Yeah. So bit, Great fashion. Great fashion, mate. And that's all that matters. Trying to set her up as like some sort of anti-rebel, which is fine. But then when I finish the sentence, anti-rebel fashion design is a bit weird. And like all of her plans to take down this empire so fucking weird. However, if the film A House of Gucci was like this, I'd make I'd be fucking all over that film. <laughs> so Emma Thompson's brilliant in it. Like she, 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 there's no, like she's way more evil than Corella ever, ever comes to. And Corella tries to squint skin dogs. So, exactly. but you know, it's got that, it's got your lovable sidekicks in it, you know, particularly, yeah. oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, not doing a convincing British accent. Can we just say Paul, that? Paul Walterhauser, uh, I forgot his name. Anyway, anyway, the most important thing is the best villain in his entire film is obviously Mark Strong. I mean, I can't remember the evil thing he does in it, but it's definitely him because he's in it. So. Yeah. Mark Strong could be in a movie where he adopts a load of orphans and, and, I still and then saves orphans. the earth. And then you're like, you fucking villain, Mark Strong. Who <laughs> food asteroid, eh? Emma um, Stone. Stone. Mm. Also, great casting. Yes. Great, great casting. If that got a sequel, I would I would watch it. I'd go to the cinema and watch it. I still don't really, I don't know some of that series is going on. I, because to me, I don't understand why I'm on her side now. So when I rewatch mm. 101 Dalmatians, am I am I supposed to be? But, am I supposed to be on the side of dog murder? Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? Can you imagine if they just did a run of these where we got like, you know, we got like a Gaston movie? Yeah, it's just like whose side am I? On? Yeah, it's like oh, the misogynist. Like, okay, or Ursula. We've we got an Ursula movie, which by the way, I'm on her side. Not a villain. <laughs> she, she had a fucking ironclad contract, right? Oh, yeah, it's not. Right. It's not Ursula's fault. That Ariel saw a man from a distance, fell in love, and traded a voice. She, <laughs> right. If you go into a car dealership and pay 120 grand for a 20 grand car, that's on you. Yeah. That's not on the guy going, yes, I accept. Yeah, I, I love that guy that I've just seen from about 400 meters away. What I love about it, do you know when, when he's married her? And she's still talking and she's like, fuck, like 10 years later and she's still like, fuck, and you just like, fucking made the hugest mistake in my life. Mm. <laughs> just write it down. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, happily ever after. Although if we're going to talk about fucking Disney cartoons and stuff, Aristocats, mate. Now I've side with the butler. Butler tried to get rid of them cats because the cats were going to inherit the fucking house. And that butler's works. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is the premise of that movie, I'm pretty certain. He get, he throws the cats away. Don't kill them, just throws them away. The rich cats, because they were going to inherit the woman's house. I don't understand how they pay like estate tax and stuff like that. I genuinely mm. don't know how that works. But does that mean that does that mean that the butler would have to, like, force slavery, then have to do everything for the cats? Like, oh, they need to fill in property taxes. Like, so do I have to do that? Am I getting paid for this? Mm. No. I, <laughs> so there's no legal recourse. Because you can't take a cat to court. I'm sorry, mate. I can't really hang up on this. The other movie that came out then as well, which, and here we go, guys, I said at the top of the episode, did not come out in 2021, but it did in the UK because of COVID, because it didn't get its cinema release at the end of 2020. That is Sound of Metal. It, I think we were a phenomenal film. Yeah. I really liked it, like the use of uh, deaf actors, which is something I didn't realise it was kind of like pandemic, you don't use them. It's one of the first films to use a nearly a deaf cast to portray deaf characters. Really liked it. I don't think Riz Mared comes out of this, an A-lister. He goes in it as unknown, comes out of it, an A-lister. Why? Well, yeah, I mean... No, I, I, mean, I, I mean to general, yeah. I know that you've loved him for a long time. I love Riz Ahmed. I'm still. I'm going to say it, every time his name comes up, make him the next James Bond. Olivia Cook as well. Everything I've seen her in has just impressed me. Like she's great. It just captured that underground music scene so so perfectly. 
I, I love this movie. I'm putting it out there. This is, and shoot me, I know it's technically a 2020 movie, but as I keep saying, it came out in the UK in 2021. I, I, this is a contender for me. This yep. may be the best movie of the year for me. It's up there. I definitely don't disagree at all. Right then. Uh, moving on then into June. What happened? Because I missed a shitload of these. I don't know what happened in June, but I, I didn't see Spirit Untamed. No. The DreamWorks animation. No. Uh, Conjuring the Devil made me do it. I don't know why I missed that. I think I, I think, oh no, I did see that. Um, it turns out that they're frauds in real life. So why the fuck would I support them with a movie? Yeah. I did like the first Conjuring movie though. I know you didn't. It upsets me because I hate our principle. <laughs> it might, it might, do you know what? It, was still, it could be the greatest film of time, but because I'm so stubborn, I'd be like, no shit. <laughs> I didn't see In the Heights. <gasps> I'm fucking off there. In the Heights is brilliant. I, I'm, I'm really, do you know what? Me, this year has stripped away my dislike of musical. Into the Heights. Granted, it might have been something to do with this, my first date with my girlfriend. However, it was magic on the screen, mate. I was clicking along, I was singing them songs mm. and I really enjoyed that. And maybe it's the company that you watch when you watch a film like this. But their happiness, fucking, I soaked up like a sponge, mate. Into the Heights, I've got like loads of topics. Fucking surprise of the fucking uh, year. It was so good. I really like Into the Heights. I will probably buy it on Blu-ray. I feel like dear Evan Hansen is going to get the same reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. yeah. West Side Story? I haven't seen it, but yeah, I am seeing yeah, it. Yeah. I'm seeing it in the new year, but I don't like the original. So I'm tempted. But however, I'm just going to say this Steven Spielberg, mate. Everyone was a bit of magic. Mm. Steven Spielberg turning down Indiana Jones... Five as well to yeah, do this. He's been burnt, mate. <laughs> he, <laughs> he saw the fourth one. <laughs> Infinite with Mark Wahlberg. I skipped that because it has Mark Wahlberg in it. I think um, I had my fill of Mark Wahlberg when he fucking shat out the film uh, Spencer Confidential. I'm done with you, Mark There's, Wahlberg. I want to like Mark Wahlberg because I like the other guys. Yeah. And the, I'm desperately trying, James. I'm I know you just, are. Desperately trying. Because you mentioned one. Yeah. But like... Then I remember things like I didn't like the Transformers films that he was in. No, oh, but Michael a, Bay had a lot to do with that. No, yeah, but I remember there's a scene where isn't a sixteen year old date, isn't like a twenty year old dating like an underage person. He pulls out a card while he's allowed to have sex with her. Like, yeah, Roman Julia card. But what yeah. I mean is, is that, why, why put that scene in? Why put that scene in it or just change your age? I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of went out his way to be perverted. I'll be honest. When it, when I saw that scene, I'm actually done with that. That mm. solid the entire. Fight. I'm not joking. I'm fucking done with Transformers because I was like. There's a reason why he rapes her great. There's, oh, was, yeah. No, I mean. The like, terminology there. The terminology is yeah. sorry. Um, but the, sorry, yeah, I was fucking. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg as well. Like, there, there are other films where I'm like, oh, I don't know. But then, because Pain and Gain, I did not get the hype behind that movie. I thought it was all right. Oh, I couldn't stand that film. Uh, do you know what? It's been a way, it's been a, I th- does it stand on Anthony Mackie though and The Rock? Because it was one of the first times The Rock had done a non- no, fuck it. No, it's good. It's not good. No, I didn't. I don't know. Mark I mean, by everything, he seems to be a changed man. I know he came from kind of troubled upbringings or whatever like that, and he had a kind of sordid past. But I don't know. I just, I, there's something about Mark Wahlberg that is a bit of a put off for me. And I know people listening to this are like, I love Mark Wahlberg. Great. I just don't know what it is. I just don't. I'm going to put it. Do you know what? My problem with Mark Wahlberg is I'm going to sum up with one, one film, two films. Four Brothers, where he has the chance to do something different, and it is a bit different, and The Happening. When it happened, and we can never forgive that. <laughs> so, I think I'm missing a clanger though of a movie. Like, I mean, he was in Departed. He is, and do you know what? But but that's how we, that's how I like my Warburg in small supporting acts. Because mm. let's be honest, if you've got a film with Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio, fucking Martin uh, Martin uh, Short, not Martin Short, 
I can't remember his name, and Jack Nicholson. Mm. He's going to be like, my watch, what are you doing? It? And fucking even Alec Baldwin's got a high role in him. Yeah. You know. I feel like I'm missing an absolute there probably huge is. Mark Wahlberg film that everyone loves, but... Not happening? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Is it? Is it that film? I don't know what's happening. There's, there's the trees. You tell me he's not Spencer Confidential. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Oh, did, oh, no. Do you know what? You had a great premise in the first one. You ruined it for a sequel, which I still don't really get. It's kind of the same... Do you know what? When you watch it, it's a, it's a Tinder of what? It's a mess. F9. Well, no. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. F9. Fast and Furious 9. Uh, my problem with is after the 12th one, they sold out. So I him. There's an episode where you and I have to watch him coming up. And I'm, I'm holding off on watching him because I don't want to see him. I'm only <laughs> going to do it if they call Fast 10. Fast 10, your seatbelts. <laughs> they if won't they call do, it that. If they do that, I'm all over they'll that call it. They'll call it Fast Extreme. That's what they'll do. And the X will be the start of the stream because they're not spelling it correctly. <laughs> I'd all, um, yeah, I'm all over it. I'm just, I'm now looking at Mark Wahlberg's stuff. Daddy Homes 2, Patriots Day, didn't, you know, Deep Water Horizon wasn't too bad. Do you know what destroyed that uh, oil rig? It wasn't a fire, James. No, it was John Markovich chewing the scenery. He sunk that oil rig in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Patriots Day is actually a good film when he's not on the screen. <laughs> just had fun. I'm sure John Cuffin's in that film. Yeah. Mate, get off Mark Wahlberg. I'm getting off Mark Wahlberg. Um, Fatherhood with Kevin Hart. I did enjoy that movie. I thought, do you know what? It's, it's, it was a nice heartwarming story. I mean, it starts terribly, but it, it becomes a heartwarming it story. It becomes a heartwarming story. But what I really, what I liked about it is to me, the greatest compliment you can give a film like this is I imagine it was quite natural. You know, the idea of like the, the wife's parents getting involved, you know, he needs to how to show that he can look after his child. I, I, do you know what? There's some morals in there. No, I don't know if it came out around June but I remembered this movie just before we hit record and I went fuck it around then it came out around then could have been August Palm Springs the um, I checked this and the Sambo movie 2020 is on IMBDB but it's when it came out in America because this was going to be up there for one of my underrated hits I love this film this film was amazing yeah I think it's just got Kristen uh, Milotti in it and yeah. J.K. Simmons yes it was a great film about reliving the same day one of my favourite tropes is, uh, everyone's got like similar storylines one of mine is the reliving of the same day the Groundhog Day the Groundhog Day scenario. scenario I really like that thought Palm Springs was great, like an old, like an adult version of that, like what you'd actually do instead of like learning the piano, you'd give up on life. I like the implication as well that when he gets asked how long he's been in there, he doesn't answer because he's kind of afraid that he's been in there so long. Or the alternative is that he's actually forgotten he's been in there so long. Mm. I really love stuff like that. I liked it. And I thought the Andy Sandberg kind of, it, it, it plays into his hands really well, yeah. actually. Um, right, moving on. Next month, Tomorrow War. Oh, I didn't like it. Disappointing. It was, it, I remember watching it at the time thinking it was okay, but there is so much bollocks going on. Goes back in time to learn not to be a... No, it goes forward in time, mate. I apologise. He goes forward in time to learn not to not be a bad dad. Is it, they're, they're, it's fucking awful. <laughs> he, 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 he is overly obsessed with saving his future daughter from a time that he's not going to stay in. Yeah. Then his current daughter that he's going to go back to. Fuck her. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> The, and uh, the, the whole movie is somewhat questionable, is it? But, like, but then again, J.K. Simmons is fucking bulk who's fucking this film. He plays the dad, doesn't he? Does he? I can't remember. Oh, he does. Of course yeah, he does. Yes, because, he does. Because he shaves his head, he's got a big thick beard, but he's so bulky. He's yeah. like, it's like, what film are you fucking tripping for? When he was getting ready for uh, to play Commissioner Gordon? Oh, I thought he was getting ready to play for Ghostbusters, you know, that fucking killer that scene. That half a second that he's in that movie. <laughs> now, um, 
Yeah, the Tomorrow War is not that bad. I, I do appreciate the scene when he's like, where they're explaining the time travel and someone's like, why don't we just go here? Shh. <laughs> Why don't, we, question why, why don't we just go to that point? No, 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 no. You're going to go to exactly this point. <laughs> when you come back, you're going to come to this. One. I, I, I do like how they kind of washed away the science of it very, very quickly. And I do also like how like the World Cup finals being played on Christmas Eve or whatever it is at the start of that movie. That's yeah, weird, isn't it? Yeah. Chris Pratt also is, is really good at like, um, like he, I like, I do like Chris Pratt. And there, there are like unnecessary scenes where they're going to take your shirt off. Yep. Like, quick, take your shirt off because we need to inject you with something in your arm. <laughs> it's like, I can't possibly wear a shirt. And then- Shirt like, constructs the blood, mate. Everyone knows that. <laughs> and he does just fucking spit out a load of like, um, like context at the beginning of the movie when he's on the phone. He's like, yeah, yeah, I've been after this job for ages. I've been stuck teaching schools, but I'm actually really clever. And, and it's like- Okay, I talking know, to? I know everything about this character. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's just, it's, it's not- it's not great, is it? No. It's not great. But I do I do like I do like these kind of movies, these like wars, you know, in, in um future or past and alien parasites. And it just reminds me of like watching Starship Troopers and films <laughs> like that. And the reveal of the monsters in these movies was fucking the payoff to that scene mm. was really, really good. So it's not I didn't think Tomorrow War was terrible, but Christ almighty, there is a lot of problems with that film. <laughs> um what's it the Forever Purge? Now I didn't watch any purges until this year, and I started going through them as quickly as I could. I don't. Uh, get, I don't. This one is completely against the point. The scariest thing about the purge is that for one day, someone will fucking, someone will kill you. Like your neighbor will kill you. You kill me on Thursday because I've pissed you off somehow. Mm. Um, but forever purges is, is well, you could kill anyone anytime. That's 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 scary. That's still not. I, the scary part is your loved ones could turn and kill you. And also. One of my favorite episodes when we talked about this, when I just came up with a list of inconsistency, and my favorite one being that I've st- I asked this question on the internet all the time is, is on the purge if I stole someone's identity at midnight, am I then that person? <laughs> is that true? Is that what happens? I still, I still, I still think it's the day after the purge. That's the movie I want to see. Like you know, like Ethan Hawke's character looks out his window and he sees a neighbor who's really calm and placid, just riding down the street on a on like a tricycle with like another neighbor's head on a stick. Yeah. And the next day they're in the coffee shop. Like Steve, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cool, yeah. Cool. Got a bit wild last night, Steve. Can't help but notice. <laughs> Fucking awkward. Like yeah. Um, see you next year. <laughs> like, or or again or again. I believe we talked about it in the first one. Is is his daughter's boyfriend stays in the house to try and kill him. Like, what did he think would happen? Like the next day she'd be like, let's get married. You killed mm. my dad last yeah. night. Or you didn't. And now it's going to make it really fucking awkward when you come around for dinner. Fucking well weird. You muck. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't dislike the first Purge movie because you need films like that, those pioneer movies to just yeah. take a gamble and be like, just go with this idea because you haven't seen this in cinema before. I, I don't mind the idea. I think there's a good universe in there, but the Forever Purge doesn't make any sense. By the time we get into like numerous sequel territory yeah. and we've already talked about Saw, you're kind of treading on thin ice, aren't you? Although talking about sequels, we did get Fear Street, three parts of it. Liked it. You know I liked it. Very much liked it. Works really well as a trilogy. I, I think each layer adds kind of more context to it that made it enjoyable. Certainly had my favourite. I think the I think they got worse. I think the third one had the hard job of wrapping everything up. Yeah. But I, I certainly thought one and two were really good. Really nice nods as well to the, the different types of horror genres and how horror has evolved. I thought it was a great Netflix love letter. And I know it comes from obviously the Arlstein literature and stuff but yeah I really I really liked Fear Streets I thought they were cool I like that yeah, I know they didn't come out this year but always watch if you like that watch The Final Girls which I really liked as well yeah yeah 2017 that movie but oh I, I thought it was like 2020 Jesus I right. think the um, I thought the 
also it, it was quite a good spectacle. Like I like the idea that all three were were coming out in simultaneous weeks, and it kind of resolved the story. I quite like that. You know, I thought it was a good good nod. Um, we had Black Widow this month. Uh, kind of cinemas open. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right then. Yeah. I like Black Widow to most of it. I, I, it, it started was, really good. I wanted a Bourne movie. That's the problem. I think what actually let it down was the superhero stuff. Like, mm. the, like I really liked the closeness. <clears throat> I think the opening bit where they're like a sleep agent, I really liked that. The close uh, fighting between, I can't remember what the, the action-y villain's called, like the Taskmaster. Mm. The fight scene with Romanoff, that's pretty okay. What lets it down is the scenes where you're removed from that and she becomes like a superhero where like they're, they're breaking out the dad from the prison. And it's like backflips and fucking like, and you're just like, what are you? By the end of the movie, it's all over yeah, the place. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. So there, I think there's better in there. I, I like, weirdly, I like the performances. I think Rachel Vice. it just re- reminded me, it's like, why don't I see her more? I like Rachel Vice. And I like I David Harbour. I think I like David Harbour's good. And, and I think Florence Pugh coming in as Yolanda as well is, is a great addition to the MCU. Um, there is a lot of it that I did like. I just thought, I could have done without the ending, the skyship and yeah. surviving without a parachute and just thinking... Fucking Ray Winston. Ray, what is that accent? Because <laughs> he's not Russian, I'll tell you that much. But I do I do wish that they kind of dialed that movie down because that movie could have been a great espionage, mm. borny kind of movie yeah. with a villain, you know, which, which wraps up her backstory in a, what's the term, post-hermous way? Oh, post-hermous, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't mind Black Widow. I do want to rewatch. I want to see if there's more to it than the first time when I watched it. Um, Gunpowder Milkshake, I thought was really entertaining, and it's if anything, it's just good to see um, Karen Gillian kind of becoming more and more in the front stream. Uh, you know, um, as a leading lady. So Gunpowder Milkshake was cool. Space Jam, put it in the fucking pit. Yeah, I, do you know what? I, I this is a, an amazing film. In and I don't blame. Is it LeBron? Yeah, yeah. I don't blame him. He's not an actor. I can blame Don Childy. I can blame <laughs> fucking Disney, uh, Warner Brothers. And I can, they sell up like, oh, I like Bugs Bunny. He's like the favourite Looney Tunes. Arsehole in this. Don't don't tease me that you're going to have like Jon Snow as the starting lineup and fucking Superman as your fucking centre for your basketball team to replace him with cock ends. <laughs> Sorry. It's a really bad film. Didn't like this film, yeah. No, he, no, he got universally panned, I think. This I, just, film. I just think, I don't think there's going to be another Space Jam movie anytime soon. Do you, my problem with it is, and I haven't checked this because I'm nervous. I'm really worried that since this film's come out, they've removed the original Space Jam website. I checked the Space Jam website two days ago, James. <laughs> it's still there. Everyone remember to visit the Space Jam website. You can't buy any media off there now, which begs the point why it exists. It exists for me. <laughs> Someone is keeping that going and whoever it is, I salute you. Um, <laughs> Missed Pig. Why did you go see it today? Was that when you were doing the notes and you were thinking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the is it's still there. <laughs> Miss Pig, obviously Nicolas Cage's second entry. I'm desperate to see it. And also the film coming up soon where he plays Nicolas Cage. Yes, the trailer for that's come out, hasn't yes, it? Yes, we got tagged in it. Yeah, like unbelievably talented. Yeah, it's whatever it is. I think Nicolas Cage, mate, he's, he's fucking Phoenix. Well, they changed that storyline because the original storyline was going to be Nicolas Cage is, is uh, captured by a crazed fan, isn't it? And he has to reenact his movies. And it had kind of simple Jack themes of Ben Stiller and Tropical oh, Thunder. Right, okay. But they've now changed it to, yeah, he goes to a millionaire's birthday party and they hit it off, but then he then gets caught up in like an actual storyline. You're like, <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> but um, oh, I missed Old as well, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. It was, oh. I was so close to it. It was one of the movies where I was like, 
It wasn't right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go tomorrow. And then something came up and then, right, fuck, I'm going to go tomorrow. It was and gone. then something came up. And then by the time I did actually get a chance to go, it, it disappeared. But I will watch that because I like to play the M. Night Shyamalan game of going in, hoping it's good like Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, but knowing that you could get the happening or, or Glass. Or the rest. <laughs> the rest of his filmography as opposed to actually, the two did, good ones. Glass, Glass was, oh, was just okay. It was just okay, James. It's not great. Split was good. Okay, three. <laughs> See, fucking, you've got me. Three. Are you, no one's saying shit about the lady in the war, are they? No one's, no. No one's standing up for that. The village? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I think M. Night Shyamalan is a bit of a Hitchcock. She's not a Hitchcock. You're, you're fucking, you're dangerously close to doing a show on your own. <laughs> <So sure. laughs> Jungle Cruise. Didn't see it when it came out at the cinema, but saw it later on. But it, uh, Jungle right. Cruise was a fucking, that was a good movie. It was a good movie. Again, I'm looking forward to when Disney completely run out of ideas and we get the burger shop film. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, there's no more rides. Let's do a film about the queue waiting for a burger. Let's do the teacups. Exactly. You know, uh, I, I thought Jungle Cruise was highly entertaining. Ron Seal, mate, exactly what you get on the tin. Mm. I knew Emily what I, I knew. Fantastic. Yeah, I knew what I was going to get when I watched that movie. Thoroughly enjoyed it when I watched it. Another contender for movie of the year for me, The Green Knight. Yeah, it was it was a good film. Daryl Lowry movie starring um, Dev Patel in it. <laughs> Even but well aware that audiences are split. Some yeah. people love this and some people hated this film because it's it's it borders on artistic a lot of the time. Yeah, it is an art house movie, and it is. I mean, but I, I, I really did like The Green Knight. That that to me is up there, I think. Also with, and I don't think it came out this month, but again, when I was writing my notes, I was like, shit, I can't remember what month it came out. So I've just thrown it. Promising Young Woman. Um, oh, yeah. You know, the uh, the Karen Mulligan movie directed by Emerald uh, Fennell in it. So that movie was awesome. That one film was awesome. Makes you think, doesn't it? I love a film that makes you think. It's like, have you seen that before? You know, that sort of predatory action, but you've ignored it because it's a friend or... Makes you think, and I like a film that makes you think. Mm. It makes you question yourself. It's like, because we all think that we're nice people. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're assholes who let this kind of stuff happen. I love a thinker. And and also a really interesting character as well in it as, as the kind of vigilante hero protagonist, but they are, they aren't. You know, that question to it has elements of comedy to it, but it has utter, like you say, like horror in, in mm. some of the scenes. It's- as, as I recall, they, they, I believe like Andy, character from the OC and like McLovin, they picked characters that were, had previously been cast as good guys as well to show that it can happen to me. I was just thought, I was thinking the casting was next level on that. It was like they were well ahead. They were thinking so far ahead. Mm. That was amazing. That was a very good film. I I, I really like that movie. It's it could be a con- it, it, I mean it, it's certainly in my top ten movies this year. Probably top seven. It probably makes around that that mark. Um, going into then the next month we had the Suicide Squad. Oh, redemption all the way. So I think we're in about August time now. So redemption. The Suicide Squad was good. It I, was good. Yeah, it was crazy. Batshit crazy. It was batshit crazy, but they did what they needed to do. And that was get rid of a lot of Deadwood. And they did by either not casting them off, fucking killing them off in, mm. in quick succession. Idris Elba, bit of respect now from last year's Cats. Mm. <laughs> he got a bit of respect back. And Harley Quinn, franchise player, massive actress in Margot Robbie. Fiona Davis, still one of the nastiest people in the DC universe. Yeah. Had to say goodbye to a lot of um, kind of characters. I wish we got to see more of Javelin, Michael Rook's character. Yeah. But we do get characters like Weasel. Yep. Um, you know, we do get Ratcatcher too. We even get um, Nathan Fillion, who James Gunn even uh, even tweeted recently, show, show me a body, because we didn't see Nathan Fillion die. Yes. 
And he was the most pathetic character. I just love how he detached his arms and he's just slapping people <laughs> and they're just like shooing his arms <laughs> up. Like it had had real good elements of comedy to it. it had the gore, it had the gross out. We're going to get Peacemaker as a TV series that comes out early January. I was just say it comes out very soon because the trailer's already out and everything. Yeah. I, I'm not... Mm. And it also changes some of the... No one's safe in it. I thought that was really good. That was good. Um, I do... I There is a part of it that thinks, and, you know, who am I? I'm a guy in Lincoln. I can't, you know, I'm not saying I would have wrote a better movie by any standards, but I, there was a part of it that really hoped at the end of that movie when they realised Starro was too powerful. I really hope they were just like, oh, fuck it. And they just left. And then in the background, as the credits roll, you just see Superman and Green Lantern and all the other like DC heroes yeah. come to take out Star. And as the cast is going up, they're just like, not my fight, mate. <laughs> I thought that would have been a really good ending to that film. And you don't, you don't need Cavall and you don't need, you know, Ben yeah, Affleck. You, see him in the you just see this, the, you know, you see Wonder Woman, they're all teaming up to defeat it. And Idris Elba and Matt Catcher too, and all them, like just and uh, obviously Stallone as uh, King Shark, just being like, fuck it, just walking <laughs> off. I thought that would have been a really good ending. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought Suicide Squad was cool. I, I, I liked it. Free Guy, again, didn't see it when it came out, but saw it later on Disney. I don't know. You know this, this is on a lot of people's list of favorite films of the year. I don't get it. I thought it was disappointing. I think the only decent thing about this entire show was Jodie Comer was front and center. I love Jodie Comer. She should be in more things. Those film was safe. I thought the only acting that fucking Ryan Reynolds does in this is at the beginning when he doesn't know anything, but as soon as he starts to know it, he turns into Ryan Reynolds quickly, doesn't he? Mm. And I'll never forgive you for that, for shining a spotlight on that. I can't see Ryan Reynolds in anything. Ryan Reynolds needs a win in my eyes because he is just dangerously becoming the rock. Yeah. I'll just turn up and do the same sarcastic, dry-witted. And I like Ryan Reynolds. I like Ryan Reynolds right the way back when he was doing Two Guys and Go on a Pizza Place. Mm. You know, I saw Van Wilder at the cinema, James. Get out. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a letdown. When you've got that much IP to play with and yeah. you get a couple of Star Wars references and a you little bit of one Marvel, joke. Yeah. There's loads they could have pissed about with in that. And, and I'm going to say it. I say it all the time. I I preferred, I much preferred Ready Player Ready One. Player one. You know. um, Don't Breathe 2. I, I didn't breathe. I'm fascinated. By yeah. the horror genre, because they get sequels to movies that I'm like, what? The, what? They made a sequel to Don't Breathe. You've said Don't Breathe too, and I was like, I didn't breathe the first time. I didn't see it. <laughs> so, uh, all right, well, we'll skip that one. It, it's, it's, is it? Is it? He hears breathing. Is well, it, no, he, sense- he's blind, so he's oh, okay. heightened sense of you know of a uh, his other senses are heightened. Yeah, dead. <laughs> but, yeah, no, but in the first movie, like he's a very very bad man, like a very very bad man, and like yeah, I, I don't know, I, I don't know why they made a sequel to this movie. To this movie. Um, it was all right. It's insane. It did what it's supposed to do, which is kind of a little bit on the edge of your seat and yeah, a bit of jump scares. I got it that I miss, um, uh, what was it called? The Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson movie, um, Remiscence. Yeah, a lot of trailers for it. Yeah, it wasn't I just didn't see it out. And I think this is the curse of living in Lincoln and not, it, it, not coming to our cinema. That's when I were looking for a film and it was on one, Remiscence, af- yeah. one afternoon. Is, you, I don't know who it is, but one of them like retraces their memory, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, and it's eerily close to a movie that didn't make this list of the uh, Owen Wilson film, that Bliss, that came out, which I think yeah. came out in 2020, but came out in streaming services 2021. Um, yeah, about like using like dreams and stuff to kind of find his wife, and he's a detective, and there's like a flood, and it, it just looks interesting. <laughs> and I like Hugh Jackman, yeah. although Hugh Jackman is dangerously getting close to Ryan Reynolds he, he is but I only think when he's not he, he I don't think he, you know prisoners mm. he can show he's got it whereas Ryan Reynolds hasn't had it for years and The Rock hasn't had it for years so I'll always Hugh Jackman gets a pass for me because he's only 
Exactly. Yeah, it's huge Hugh Jackman is good. Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf. Uh, the animated film, loved mm. it. I thought it was brilliant. The story of Vesemir. I put it on there for you, James. I didn't see it. No, you should, mate. Candyman, I didn't see neither, and I really want to. I want to see that because it's a classic horror staple. I, I don't think it gets the respect. Mm. It deserves um, originally a story by um, Clive Barker, who obviously famously did Hellraiser. Mm. Mm. It was originally about, uh, I think it was a British story, but then they adapted it for a plantation, and that's how we got. And so, in the who was directors? Am I right in thinking it was Peel? No, John Peel produced this. I think. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, I really like the idea of you know that IP being in a different set of hands. I thought that might be really cool. Uh. September then we had Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. What a fun film. Yeah. More fun than I was expecting. Didn't know what to think. I'm disappointed I didn't go to cinema and spoil it. I saw it on Esther's Disney Plus and I felt I felt guilty. I was like, I should I feel like this was such a good film, I should have supported it in the cinema. It did break box offices though. It did it did wipe its face. It did make the uh what it needed for it not to mm. be a flop. I, I I said it and I say it again. Definitely top 10 MCU because yeah. there's like 25 of them movies now, 26 of them films. So, Took Hero, I didn't know. Did something a bit different. Really enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. It was funny. It's heartwarming. It had so many more narratives than the the main arc of the film, which is the point of these films, isn't it? It's the inner turmoil of the characters and overcoming their personal demons in a bigger storyline. And I think Shang-Chi had that brilliantly. No expectations for this movie because I don't know any of the source material. And I was like fucking just lapping it up. Mm. I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> Starling, unfortunately, is, on the other hand, the Melissa McCarthy, Chris O'Dowd movie, which I turned off and I thought, no, don't do this. Watch it. And I wish I did stop it when I did. <laughs> Fucking terrible movie. I missed the Crime Macho Clint Eastwood film. Mm, I think, no, I think I've seen it. I can't remember it though. I missed that one. And then, um, Dear no, Evan, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Sorry. Dear Evan Hansen as well. Great. It, it's, it's been a strong year for musicals. Do you know what? I need, I need to cry at the end of that film. Mm. There's moments in that that are, heartbreaking mm. there's a moral in there oh there's a lot to do you want me i think this is the, i think if you were going to give another shot to this genre to this is the year in the heights dear evan hansen west side story i'm i'm actually going to go see west side story and I, do you want me looking forward to it i think i'll do a run of musicals at some point because i don't not like him i like oh I, before this year i didn't like him <laughs> I didn't yeah straight up hated him i.e the film cats Yo, I hate cats. When you're watching the film Cats and you'd be rather watching a cat arsehole version, mate, that's how bad that film is. It's like, do you know what this film is? Cat arsehole. Yeah, not once did a cat just fucking <laughs> lick its arsehole or anything. It's fucking film. bullshit, isn't it? Or- yeah, it's just unrealistic by that point. <laughs> <laughs> not, nothing to mention about the fact that I have no fucking clue what that film was about. <laughs> mate, Jellicle Cat. I still yeah, but know. you win a competition and you get in a hot air balloon with <laughs> his elbow. <laughs> you fuck off. <laughs> I do like the end of that movie though where like they forgot to give... Uh, Judy Dench pause and so she's just got her like she just she's still like human hands in it and a wedding ring and stuff like that. it's like you just gave up but they call that a wet release don't they when uh, so when a cinema gets a wet film it means just a fucking finished edit in it um, Cats was that case wasn't it October like most years we get a flurry of big big movies mm. so if we if you know October is is very quickly becoming what was in the 80s and 90s and even the late 70s, the blockbuster time. So in back then, you wanted your movie out in July, so it would be out for all summer. Now October definitely seems to be a, a time when you put your big ones out there. Venom, let, them, let There Be Carnage was one of them. Disappointing for me. I know a lot of people liked it, and that's fine. Yeah. I can see why you would, but I just think the source material lended itself to a, a better film. A better film. There was a better film there. And when you've got Andy Serkis directing it and you've got Carnage in it, mm. you know, my limited knowledge of, of comic books, although I have recently been lent 
just about every Venom movie, wonder, uh, comic book. I wonder by who. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I'm working my way through them. It, like, you do think there was a much better opportunity in there. Um, Many Saints of Newark, I know that you said was was good. I liked it, but that's because I was a fan of the TV series. I'm interested to know if there's someone out there who's watched it but hasn't seen the TV series, what did they think? Adam's Family 2, which was a letdown because Adam's Family 1 was was okay. I did like that. I thought mm-hmm. the voice cast lent itself really well to that story. It's 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 a world as well that offers itself so well to animation. Yeah, it like is. Overly yes. good. And I know oh, there's God, like yeah. cartoon series and there was um, obviously animated games and stuff like that. But the, the problem with these movies is with animation films like this is when you've built the world and you've built the characters, it's easy to churn out sequels. That's mm-hmm. why we have Cars 3. You know, and um, because they've built, they've done the hard work by that point. And it too just felt rushed and didn't really add anything to it. No time to die, James Bond. Was it worth the wait? Yeah, it, it was. was worth the it wait. was. The midnight screen with my mama, who's never been to a, a midnight screen in ever. And uh, it wasn't for, which is why, you know what, it was a great experience. I was there for my mom's first midnight screen. She was loving it. She's mm. a huge Bond fan. And do you know what? That film fucking was different to any Bond film. Yeah. I remember a lot of criticism being against that film. It was like, it's not a Bond film. It's like, do you know what? Good. Because if it'd been the fucking same, you, you know, he's been the same it's, character since the fifties then. Yeah. It's flawed, but it's not bad. It's good. Like entertainment. I, I, by this point I was gagging to get in the cinema and watch mm. it on the big screen. And Bond was a great movie for that. I think, I think Remy Malek was terrible. But that's, I don't think that's his fault. I just think the storyline... His character the, was written terribly. He's written... To, that's what I mean. Because the villain itself is kind of time. Mm. It's Bond's story against like four other movies. And do you know what? Good. Mm. It was... I enjoyed it. It was very good. I, I enjoyed it. I, I'm looking forward to watching it again. But I more, I'm also looking forward to watching all of the Daniel Craig Bond movies again. Mm. And I watched them all recently. So that just says... <laughs> that just says what he needs to do. Uh, Halloween Kills. Nah, it is. Uh, I was... It, Rednecks save the day without spoilers. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch because I, Is to my, me, the Halloween, like the dude got bit alive in that film. So I think the job, I think the film does a good enough job for it to carry on. But at the same time, is 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 if it had ended, I would have been happier. Mm. There's enough there for you to go. Mm. But if you can get over that, it's actually an all right film. I will watch it when it comes on the yeah. streaming services. I will watch it. I do. I do want to see where they pick up from the last one. It certainly is better than the majority of the sequels and the yes. Rob Zombie reboot. So it's worth my, the investment. I just, I wasn't rushing to the cinema to go watch it. Um, likewise, with The Last Duel, I didn't rush to go watch that when it came out. I'm very limited here where we are, but I have seen it since on Disney and we talked about it on last week's show. Um, Adam Driver, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jodie Comer again. I liked uh, it. Yeah, that was a good movie. Solid movie, well made. Yeah. My problem is, is the more... The less time, the more time goes since I've seen it, the more I don't know what to feel about it. I've really liked it when mm. I first watched it. It was brilliant. I was like, I really get this. Then when someone told me they didn't like it, I was like, well, I can see why I didn't like mm. it. And then last week I was like, oh, it's pretty good. And now I'm like, was it though? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what, I'm, what you're supposed to take home from it. That's like, a good shout, actually. What I love about it is, do you know what I do like about it? Is when they're talking about it, like literally about, it's, it's quite a long film, but when they start talking about the jewels been announced, it's kind of got like that big fight quality of like, oh Lord, to be like, you know, postponing it so like more people can mm. come and like, oh my God, the jewel. But the jewel's about honour, but it becomes this huge thing I really like. And I love Jodie Comer's story, mm. like what you'd call the truth part. And I really like the film, but at the same time, do I? 
I mean, the one thing I do remember about the film is the bad haircut. <laughs> mm. But then he's supposed to come away from a film called The Last Jewel thinking, wow, Matt Damon looked like a pillock. <laughs> it's, it's also, and I go back to this a lot, it's a testament to modern filmmaking of just having to show you more than I think is ever needed in film. Mm. Like, I, I'm not, I don't have bloodlust or gore lust in films. So when a film is excessively violent, I always question, well, did, did, did you need to see that? You know, like... um because implying it can be just as frightening and just as terrifying. And okay, yes, yeah, sometimes you do. Sometimes the context does mean that you need to really, really understand why that, you know, person is the way that they are or that villain is as bad as they are. Sometimes you do need to see a little bit. But Silence of the Lambs was terrifying and it is still terrifying. And that movie was made in fucking 99. True. You know, and uh, and the majority of that you don't see, it's always implied or it's the aftermath of a scene. And that's always one of them that falls in that category of, and it's, an, it's a thing I can't really point my finger on what film did it but it's like showing you after as well. Like normally mm. where a film cuts, this one kind of goes out its way to be like, oh, that person didn't just die. They hung his naked body up in the town for a month. So everyone could see that's what happens to that person. And you're like, I don't know if I needed to see that, that next bit. And we talked about- happy with that. <laughs> yeah, we talked about um, recently as well, the, uh, the Outlaw King. I talked about that last week, the Chris Pine movie. You know, it's like, you know, it's not enough that William Wallace is mentioned dead in it. They they go into great detail about like how he was quartered, which means you send his leg one place, his leg the other place, his torso somewhere else, and his head somewhere. And then later on in the movie, you see his head on a spot. And you're like, I don't know if I needed to see, you, you know, like, told me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I got that they didn't just bury him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> it, it, I don't know. I, I, maybe that's just an old man part of me. I don't know. And I bet some people are listening to this going like, fucking no, I love it. Show me more of that shit. And I'm I, I want two heads. Yeah. I'm all right. I'm all right for seeing too much. I don't I I I will at some point put my finger on what movie it is that started all that shit. But just showing you the beyond stuff I don't need. Um June. I do you know what? I I'm going up and over this. I I've I liked it, but I like the sense of epicness. Mm. I love the fact that there's some characters that are barely in it because it's obviously set up for more films. But but I've recently seen the original, and I'll be honest, I don't know why people like the original. The original was famously called, the book is based on, it's famously called An Impossible Film to Make Out of, and you can see that. But it does a good enough job. Mm. I liked it. I love the epicness because I think it's something that's missing from cinema. Now, you can say that the Marvel films come out and they're great. However, the last truly epic Marvel film was, was the Endgame. Uh, you know, or Infinity Wars. They were they had the epic film, but before that, the first Avengers. But before that, nothing seemed like grand-esque epic. I'm talking like Star Wars. You know when you sat in the Star Wars film and you thought like you were going to see something amazing? You thought you were going to see something great? Lord of the Rings. You know when you sit down, you get that feeling with June. You feel like you're about to see something epic and it doesn't always deliver. There are a lot of sweeping scenes of nothing, but I quite like that. It frames the world beautifully. Mm. I trust in the Villeneuve. I like this film. Yeah, he is sci-fi's like go-to guy, isn't it? I think, yeah. whereas if you want to make the big budgets in Disney, you're going to go to, um, what's it, J.J. Abrams. Mm. But if you want like the the Finkers Man sci-fi movie, you're going to go Diddy Villeneuve, aren't you? And weirdly, the problem with June is it's source material because mm. it's shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I've read the books and they're not that great. Two movies that at the beginning of the year, I would have said I'm going to, do everything I can to see that movie. Lockdowns, pandemics. I, th- there were two movies I desperately want to see this year on my radar and I didn't see either of them. <laughs> Fucking COVID. Bloody work. And as I said, I've got a young kid. 
Last night in Soho and French Dispatch, I didn't see either of them. French, I'm gutted. It's not your fault. French Dispatch came out for one day. Do you remember I said to you, let's go this Tuesday, but we couldn't because it was Tuesday, 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Couldn't see it. Second either of their movies come out on the streaming services, I'm going to watch yeah. the, the shit out of him. And I've got a feeling Last Night in Soho could change my mind as being like one of the best movies of this year. There's just <laughs> something about Edgar Wright movies. The cast in that film is so strong, you know. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I am. I'm really going to make a spectacle of that when it comes out, an evening of it. The love of films I wanted to see, The French Dispatcher is one because I am interested. He, you've got, the, he's got, he's got his hooks into me. I want to see Paul de Vries. Is it Paul de Vries? No, it's Wes, Wes, Wes Anderson. Anderson's. He's got his hooks in me. I want to see it. I'm thinking of Paul Anderson because the other film I want to see is Licorice Pizza. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's not no, a combat <laughs> uh, director. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mate, get different names. <laughs> Paul the, Thomas Anderson versus... Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, what is that director? Paul W. S. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I would like to see more Paul W. S. Anderson. I want to see Resident <laughs> Evil 12. The Harder They Fall, we talked about that uh, the other week, the uh, Cowboy movie on Netflix. I have seen that based on your going review of it, and I did enjoy it. Yeah, there you go, see? Thoroughly really enjoyed it. Very good. Mm. It's nice to see Legend. He, and, no, he's not Legend. He's the main actor in it. He's going to play Kron- Kronos. Fucking hell. You're good to play uh, Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror. What's that actor's name? I've forgotten. Anyway, it's good to see him in the main supporting role. And Idris Elba apologising for the film cast. <laughs> and Army of Thieves. Not saying it, sorry. I, I, did, I didn't like the first film, so why would I watch the second one? Let's go into then uh, another big month, going, going transition from October into November. Eternals. Liked it, thought it was underrated gem. I thought yeah. it was a lot better than a lot of people. A lot, a lot. The audience seemed to vote with their... Th- with their legs, and I disagree with that. I think they should have given it a chance. I think you'll get his audience on Disney Plus when people don't have to pay for it. Yeah, I really, I, I, I quite enjoyed it actually. I, I appreciate it because it went so different to what I've, you know, seen in most of the Marvel movies. Mm. Red Notice, <laughs> no, I, I struggle with that film, and it, and it breaks my heart that it's one of the biggest grosser movies of the year because it's not, it's, it's not. Psych did. There's no acting in there whatsoever. Yeah, it's like Indiana Jones. It's, it's like trying to re create Indiana Jones but not the good ones not the good yeah exactly it's a good shout it's it's not good yeah I was I was I was turned off by this movie very early on and I stuck it out and it just didn't deliver really gutted I haven't seen Spencer yet which is could quite possibly sweep the awards season uh, with Kirsten Stewart and maybe again could have been one of those that if I'd seen it is a game changer and could have been the film of the year I don't know but um, I'm gutted that I haven't seen that yet agreed Tick, tick, boom, I've started because it's on Netflix. Do you like it? I, well, I'm loving what I'm seeing so it's far. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's a really good film. Um, yeah. Esther was watching this and I was doing a CV. And I think as I was doing a CV, I was writing a lyrics down. And then, and then I left and then she doesn't know this, but I've actually watched it. Mm. Um, I loved it. I, I think he's probably going to win Best Actor. I didn't know his voice. He's got a phenomenal voice. Andy Garfield is. Yeah. It just reminds you, doesn't it? When he hits it, he hits it. Exactly. You know, like, so it was amazing. It was tick, tick, boom, mate. is fantastic. I really liked it. Talking of like films really liking, um, Apex um, <laughs> is not one of them. <laughs> Bruce Willis is, uh, I, I'm going to say second entry, but it's barely that, is it? <laughs> I mean, to, to, to say entry implies some sort of, you know, acting. Yeah. Um, Power of the Dog. Mm, so that film recently came out. Have you seen it? I have seen it. And I, I mean, you said, I mean, I, I think, can I drop it now? I'm probably probably the winner of the best film. I fucking love this. Yeah, yeah. Do you not? 
I'm gonna have to rewatch it because I what I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Benedict I, I, Cumberbatch is good. Benedict Cumberbatch is, is great. Benedict Cumberbatch is next fucking level in this film. This is the film that shows that he is maybe the best. He's so good. It, it seems with the with the younger actor. Yeah, they're not the show scenes. The show scenes are when he's uh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, when he's fucking berating her. They're just, they're hard. I'm watching this. And I feel uncomfortable sat on my chair watching this. It's horrible. And Jesse Plemons is kind of, the the relationship between the brothers to me is is one, it's so fascinating. You know, it's just like beforehand, it's that brotherly feel, but he's like, you fat shit. You know, mm. he's putting him down. You know, he's a man's man. The cattle hands are on his side, but Plemons is the one with vision. And then you enter this, this like effeminate character that everyone picks on, but then has a, has that friendship. It, I'd make, I, the power of the dog was phenomenal. For, I really I liked did, it. I did really like it. I did, I did like it. And, you know, Cumberbatch went full method, didn't he? He got, yeah. he got tobacco poisoning three times because he didn't smoke any of them without with the filters. Okay, no. So, and he didn't... But, you, but to me, there's, there's a difference between that and being a pillock. Well, he didn't shower <laughs> or, or bathe for two months before going on set. He, he, he didn't want to engage with Kirsten Dunst at all because it would make the scenes harder to, you know, so he didn't want to build a friendship with her. So yeah. he, he stayed away from her until them scenes. Like you hear the stories about it that he went for. And, and I think the source material is very much beloved as well. Mm. I enjoyed it. I don't get me wrong. I thought it was a good movie, but then I started reading all this buzz and I was like, shit, I'm going to have to rewatch that again because I, I enjoyed it. I think it's because I just watched three hours of um, Dragged Across Concrete and I might have just been <laughs> fucking numb. So... <laughs> I, I, I probably need to rewatch it. I, I liked it. I thought it was good. It made me fucking remember how much I love like Western movies. I think that's what it was because essentially it's, it's a rattleman, uh, cattleman's tale. Mm. You know, they're, they're just moving cattle and um, I just wish it, this film's only come out recently. I nearly spoiled it then. And, and the events that happen in it, I think are great. And the Indians was, was a particular highlight. Mm. And because, because it, it's all about lessons as well. You know, teach you how to be a man, teach you how to be a brother, teach you how to be a cattleman. This is what you've learned. You know, be yourself. I learned from, you know, this other character. I know it to me, there's lots of different layers. I absolutely loved it. And the ending, I was a genuine surprise to me because I was like, what a great film. Mm. Although weirdly, if you watch it a second time, you can see the ending coming from about 4.8 miles away. But, and also it's a 12, right? Which Oh, is it? I yeah. genuinely didn't think it was. I thought it was going to be harder because of certain material. Yeah, it's a 12, which which makes, which makes shows that, I mean, okay, you could question certain things shouldn't have made, made the cut of a 12, but... Mm goes to show you you can make movies this goes back to that gore and swearing and all that kind of stuff that you can make great movies you know with powerful uh messages and performances in it without pushing that rating up mm. <clears throat> i did i did enjoy it. It, it it's it it probably is kind of bordering top 10 circling top 10 for me Ooh. um yeah to me it's like you're in the top mm. oh, good all right well i will rewatch it as well just just make sure i didn't miss anything Ghostbusters Afterlife. I know you hated that film. Yeah, you, you little cheeky. I loved it. Absolutely fantastic. It, you, I put this. It's a film I've been waiting for for a long time because Ghostbusters 2016 was bullshit. I I heard someone say the criticism is it's like, oh, you remember everything you liked about the first movie? Here it is again. And Great. I'm like, yeah, that, I want to see that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> like, you. That's, 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 Thank you. <laughs> yes, um, I've just seen Spider Man as well, and it gave me everything I wanted. Like, <laughs> how, how dare I yeah. not want this? No, I loved it. It was, it was brilliant. I. I fanboyed a lot like we were talking about when we were talking about Spider-Man. Um, I was me. I was the ruckus one. I fucking was in the, on the edge of my seat hearing Ecto-1 siren go off, fucking a certain line towards the end, fucking the casting. Uh, mate, I've had a great fun and one of the best performances you'll ever see from a child actor. Yeah, McKenna Grace is stunning in that film. And I stand by it. I, I fucking loved that film. King Richard uh, is getting Warsmith attention at the moment. It is. 
I haven't seen it. Not my attention because I've been to cinema yeah. to see it. But then that's not my fault because we have a cinema that has nine screens and every every two hours they re-show Spider-Man. Mm. So. And then there's Come On, Come On, the Joaquin Phoenix, Gabby Hoffman movie uh, that I haven't seen. But again, he's getting uh, a, a lot of nods at the moment. I haven't seen that. Either. House of Gucci. Do you know what? I, I'm probably going to see that, you know. There is enough there in the trailer to get me interested. Adam Driver, love that. Lady Gaga, despite the fact she does that line that I know fucking irritates you. Mm. Um, Danny, not Danny DeVito, Al Pacino, and then unrecognisable Jared Lowe. Jeremy there's, Irons. Jeremy, there's it's a enough, strong cast. There's enough there for me to get interested in it. I am probably going to watch it. it I'm, I'm not going to pay for it, though. I'm gutted that I haven't seen Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City yet. Well, he's out here, isn't yeah. he? Oh. When I was in Sheffield at the IMAX, they, were, they had one showing of that. Everything was Spider-Man, one showing well, of that. No, they didn't have that at Lincoln at all. Yeah. Because that's on my list of films to see. Yeah, if that comes out before Christmas, obviously it's a jolly Christmas movie, then I will go watch <laughs> that one. Um, and then Licorice Pizza, yeah, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Haven't seen it yet, but I'm desperate to see it. Not least because it's got Tom Waits in it. Um, but again, hearing nothing but good stuff. And I think that is one of those that have, people that have gone to film festivals and people that we engage with on Twitter spoke very highly of that. So I imagine that might top a few people's lists. Apologies, we haven't seen it yet because it's not been at our local shit cinema. <laughs> um, just rattling through then December, because we don't really need to go into these too much because they're in everyone's mind and some haven't come out yet. But West Side Story and Spider-Man No Way Home, obviously. Now, we have got some really interesting movies coming out. We've got Nightmare Alley coming out. Um, Benicia... Uh, Del Toro. Del Toro movie. We've got The Matrix coming out. I am. That's how next week. I'm actually going to watch it. I'm going to go watch it, but I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. I do. You know what? I think you'll have more fun. I, we'll go together and yeah. we'll see. It because, helps that we watched the Matrix trilogy recently. Yes, so it's fresh. Just, just before it came out on Netflix. Do you remember? Do you remember yeah, we released the episode on the same day it left Netflix. <laughs> the King's Man or the King's Man or whatever. The Boxing Day. Yeah, one wants to go see that in a crazy one. And then we got uh, the Coen Brothers coming back with the tragedy of Macbeth, starring Denzel Washington. I've heard huge things about that. That is a that's a big one for me. I want to go see that. So out of the films that we have seen and appreciate, I can't stress this enough. There are films on this list that we haven't seen that may have made your top t- uh, film. So write us in, let us know what your one is. I'm going to ask you then, James. What is your top movie of 2021? My top movie is between it's between three of them: Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I think that's pure nostalgia. I've really enjoyed the Mitchells versus the Machines. But I'll be honest, mate. And then, and then, my serious film, possible contender. I've really liked the power of the dog, like really good. However, Sound of Metal, mate. If we class that as this year, which it was, I saw it this year. That was such a better film. It was, it was mm. the film that I engaged with the most. My two, because we often do this. Yeah. We go, oh, film of the year, and then we give them to two films. Yeah. Because we do this with Spider-Man is Spider-Verse and Mandy. Yeah, we only saw that because, as I recall, you two hadn't seen Spider-Man is Spider-Verse at the time, and I was screaming in that episode. I was like, Spider-Man is Spider-Verse, because I'd seen oh, it like did two it. days Oh, we did crown that, and yeah. Mandy is the, I, is the film. Because I Paddy. <laughs> and then there was, um, obviously, we did uh, Joker and Klaus together as well. I, I For me, it would be uh, the Mitchells vs. The Machines and Sound of Metal there you go. are the two films that I just loved from start to finish. Yes. There have been some great movies on this list. I think Nomadland was great. Yeah. Which one am I going to go back to watch sooner? Definitely Mitchells vs. The Machines and Sound of Metal. But I did really enjoy Nomadland. It was good. And if I, I, I even gave myself Best Actor, which is uh, Best Female Actor, Nomadland. Best Male Actor, Riz... Ahmed, Sound mm. Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, because I thought he was phenomenal, and I think he's probably going to win it this year. Yeah, Dev Patel, The Green Knight. I thought he was. I, I whilst The Green Knight confuses me sometimes, 
he was phenomenal in it. And McKenna Grace, I'd put her in there. And McKenna Grace. Afterlife performance. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, most fun film that I had, Whenever you think in Ghostbusters, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I th- mm. What a film I never saw coming. Biggest surprise, Into the Heights. It genuinely was mm. interesting in a genre I thought was was dead. Biggest letdown, Free Guy. Red Notice, Space Jam. I don't want to say letdown. I don't want to show how Space Jam let me down. Uh, was it worth the wait award? It's between Spider-Man because the wait, because it was such a big deal, whilst we didn't have to wait as long, everyone was anticipation. Boltzmann, it has to go to No Time to Die because he waited two years. Yeah. <laughs> you waited for that film for two years. And actors who really need a win based on this year, Cuba Gooding Jr., what happened? Jennifer Lawrence sort it out. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is back with Don't Look Up. Yep. I am looking forward to that. I haven't I haven't seen enough to get myself that. So we're going to say um, Sanamet, which technically came out in 2020. It didn't for us, though. No, it didn't for us. In the UK, keep stressing this, didn't come out on streaming platforms until it what did. It did like get it did get a very small run of of cinema release because someone will write in James. I know they will. It did get a very short cinema release in the October just before we hit a second lockdown in the UK okay. of 2020. So it did, but it came. It formally released in the UK as an when Amazon picked it up we're in always, 2021. We're always against ourselves though because Parasite again won last year and that was technically. That in some places that was 2020. Yeah, in Nomad Land, you could say yeah. you know, some places came out before. Um, if you disagree, then start your own podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, do you know what? All, all things considered, like, you know, pandemics and, and things like that, there has been a great year of film. There's some really, yeah. really good movies in there. Not the best year, you know, when we go back and do like, you know, filmographies of certain years like we did, we did with 19... 90 didn't we yeah and we was like god that was a banging year for film um including die Hard 2 which we talked about last week die hard die harder um th- th- i don't feel i'm going to be like 2021 one of the best movies yeah. the best years in film but there was a lot of good stuff but then it always comes down to the fact that because of the world that we live in and because the ever-changing because we live in a rural county where not a lot happens there's a lot of films that we haven't seen and because a lot of these films come out in america they'll pick up awards and you'll forget about them. We were talking about Licorice Pizza, no doubt, next year, yeah. when it finally actually gets released in this country. Because we had this as well, didn't we? Oh, that slipped the net. Lighthouse, I said, I would have I would have cast that as my film of the year, but I saw it in January when it came back out in cinemas because I missed it the first time around. And we didn't get it in Lincoln. Mm. And then Lincoln put on, I think, a single showing of it on. And so I saw it in 2020 when it was a 2019 film. But that would have changed the game for me because I enjoyed that more than like Joker. So I guess what we're trying to say is it's not our fault. Leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> but still just, listen. Just crowded some movies that we thought, you know, hopefully you listen to this show and you reminisce with us across a year of movies, across streaming sites and, and cinema and, and hopefully we hit the nail on the head with some. Maybe we missed some and, you know, let us know. Maybe we direct you to movies that you hadn't even heard of and now you're going to go watch. But for me, definitely check out Sound of Metal. Cannot praise it enough. Do check out Green Knight. I thought that was probably enjoyable. Mitchell versus the Machines was absolutely adorable and, and amazing. Power of the Dog, I agree with. Um, tick, Tick, Boom, I'm loving. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm loving what I'm seeing. And there's still so much to see as well off this and, list. And, you know, I'm going to say that Spider-Man was in a, such an event at a cinema. Without going to spoilers, I think mm-hmm. that's a film you're going to have to watch. And Ghostbusters, because nostalgia is nostalgia in film form. And we need to see Pig. We need to track down that. We do need to see Pig. So it's been an interesting year in film. Lots changed between you and I. Mm. 2022. Yeah, and we're going to kick off strong with our first episode in 2022, which will be called uh, New Year, New Me, in which case we'll be looking at Hollywood's uh, actors that have 
just churn their careers around with great performances and have been churning out gold ever since. And we're going to caveat that with Jason Statham, who's <laughs> never changed his acting style, but somehow we still love. So, so, so that's what we're going to do. It's going to be a double bill of Stop. actors that have just really turned the corner. And it's, the and, and the rule that disproves the theory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is our show for next week. We'll see you on the other side. Have a great new year. Don't see you later. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Goodbye.